Good morning, New York sports fans. I am, of course, as the jingle states, Danielle McCartan. McCartan after midnight. Welcome in, everybody. We'll be talking all things New York sports till 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night. There's a bar around the corner. The line was out the door still. So, or late Saturday night, you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps. We're coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. And we're going to be a lot together tonight, you and me, till 6 AM. And by the way, there are one, two, three, four, five, like six chairs in the studio right now. Can't handle it. It's like a chair party in here. I got my favorite one. Ready to go here. I have Maruful behind the glass. He's already on the phone back there. He's ready, willing, and able to take your phone calls. Hey, you guys know that number already. 877-337-6666. And let's load them up only with your best content, please, everybody. None of the stupid calls. You know, this is an intelligent sports talk radio show, so give me your best takes on everything, please. So, the Yankees have some issues going on here, everybody. I asked you guys last week regarding Luis Severino. Is it overreaction Sunday, everybody? I implored you guys to wait until the test results came back before rushing to judgment. Well, the Yankees are in survival mode because they received big news earlier this week that Luis Severino is set to receive Tommy John surgery. This, guys, was the worst-case scenario for the team. He is out. For the entire season. And much of the season after, to be honest. The Yankees are in total survivor mode. As they were last season. And obviously that's Destiny's Child Survivor. Come on, if you don't know that song, you know. But lucky for them, lucky for the Yankees, last year, they showed that after a history-making number of players who spent time on the IL, the Yankees were still like Destiny's Child and surviving. They're still hoping that they could still be surviving this year. The Yankees won 103 games without Luis Severino last year, and now they have Garrett Cole. James Paxton isn't that far off after having back surgery. And guys, Domingo Herman, he's back in the rotation after that domestic violence suspension come June. And in the meantime, Jordan Montgomery, who is pretty much going to be the Yankees' fourth starter this year, at least at the beginning, he looked great on Saturday. Seven batters faced in two innings pitched. And in those two innings, four strikeouts, two groundouts, and only one hit allowed. So the Yankees are going to be rolling into opening day with the starting rotation of Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, Jay Happ, Jordan Montgomery. The fifth starter, still TBD to be determined. When you look at the slew of guys, you might think, and I've said it on here a a bunch of times, I I do like him. Davey Garcia. He just, he caught brave superstars Ronald Acuna and Marcelo Zuna with backwards Ks on Friday. But then he gave up a two-run home run after a walk. That's really inconsistent, especially for the major league level. 
And I know it's early. I know, I know it's March 1st only. We have a whole nother three weeks of this. I get it. But if the season were to start tomorrow, if I were Aaron Boone, I would not pick Jonathan Loisega. Let me tell you why. I mean, even though, I mean, this spring, he's pitched three innings, he's got five strikeouts, and he hasn't given up a hit yet. But given his injury history, he's better served in the bullpen. And in 2013, he debuted in the minors, right? He missed all of 14 and all of 15 due to injuries. In 16, he pitched one game, then underwent Tommy John surgery. Then in 19, he missed 93 days with shoulder injury, a shoulder injury. He hasn't pitched more than 32 total innings in a single Major League Baseball season, Major League level. That gives you cause for concern. That That's why I believe he's better served in the bullpen. Luis Sessa actually would be my choice right now. This could change. But right now, if the season started tomorrow, I'm picking Luis Sessa. Given the fact that he's coming off his most, quote-unquote, stretched out season of his career. 81 innings pitched last season. Including two lights-out performances against the cheating Houston Astros in the 2019 ALCS. This spring training, he's averaging eight strikeouts per nine innings and has a zero ERA over two and a third innings, having given up only one hit. Oh, and then there's the Aaron Judge news. On Tuesday, Aaron Boone said the plan was to have Judge to take batting practice on the field with the rest of his team this past week. Well, that's not happening. And then he was supposed to get into his first spring training game or uh, shortly thereafter, so probably this week, right? Not happening. Judge went more tests Friday, did more tests on Friday, including an MRI that did not reveal the cause of the right shoulder soreness he's been feeling. Judge will go for another unspecified test on Monday. And Aaron Boone said this, We're kind of just in a holding pattern with it, trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Wait, haven't we heard this before? Trying to figure out exactly what's going on? Luis Severino 2.0, anybody? So what really is going on? Judge felt just not right hitting in the cage on Friday. It was his second consecutive day of cage hitting after progressing steadily throughout the week. Boone said he also threw from 120 feet, but it's not the throwing that's causing the issue. The pain that Aaron Judge feels is right under his pectoral muscle, according to Aaron Boone. Well, given all this, Boone still believes Judge can avoid the season starting on the injured list. And the Yankees are the walking wounded. All this, coupled with the news that John Carlos Stanton will most likely begin the season on the IL, Mr. Muscleman has a strained calf. He is too tight. Why hasn't a trainer told him that yet? This latest frustrating setback has got all these Yankee fans asking, will Giancarlo ever see the field again? Giancarlo non si può stopparlo, because that's what it really should be. Stopparlo, by the way. A strained calf can stop him, clearly. And of the three injuries, you'd ask me which one is most detrimental, most worrisome to the team at this juncture? Multiple choice. A, Luis Severino. B, Aaron Judge, or C, Giancarlo Stanton? I'm picking everyday player B, Aaron Judge. 
Stanton's injury has been diagnosed. There is a timeline for players to return from a strained calf. It is what it is. Severino was a total non-factor last year. So it's not like they're losing anything there with him, him not being around this year. But the fact that they can't quite diagnose his judge injury after that MRI, that's concerning to me. And that he is an everyday player. That's why I think B, Aaron Judge, would be the most detrimental and worrisome injury to the Yankees. Uh-oh. Who said it? I'm really excited. 100% excited. You got to I put a lot of work on. If I told you it was Edwin Diaz, would you believe me? Based on his performance so far, probably not. Uh-oh. But it was him. Like in 2019, this 2020 season for the New York Mets is going to be contingent upon its bullpen. So that specifically, in my opinion, kept the Mets out of the postseason last season. And pretty much Edwin Diaz single-handedly. <laughs> so this past week, Edwin Diaz made his first appearance for the Mets. After this, he's 100% excited. He put a lot of work in. Diaz, 25 pitches, allowed three hits, including two RBI doubles. But then again, he also hit 98 miles an hour and struck out a batter. A couple of audible boos came from the crowd, and the fans said, Diaz, you suck. The the inconsistency, guys, isn't good. Who cares if you hit 98 miles an hour if you give up two runs as a relief pitcher? One is way more important than the other. Keeping the runs off the board, especially in that role. He said, I was able to make adjustments to my mechanics. That's really what I was focusing on. So I would come in this spring and feeling like I was ready to go. I was about trying to release the ball in front of me and working on my release point. And when Diaz, you've pitched to six batters in one single inning, and you literally have an ERA of 18. The best part, listen to this, baseballreference.com. Get a lot of my stats and stuff and my calculations from there, right? They have this tool to see the cumulative quality of hitters faced. Diaz's hitters so far has scored a 7.8. You know what that means? That means the quality of hitters that he's faced so far are between double-A and triple-A ball level. This against all hitters that are not even an MLB caliber? I'm looking for your next game action, dude, because I hope you can turn it around. Your team needs you to. And the Mets' starting pitching plan is going swimmingly, as expected. Saturday, Steven Matz was rolling. Seven batters faced, five ground outs, one hit, one strikeout. And then Noah Syndergaard from Wednesday in his debut. Two innings pitched. I mean, 18 pitches, 14 of them were strikes. So the starting pitching, as we know, is not the problem with the Mets. It's just figuring out that bullpen. There were two ways that the Rangers could have gone at the trade deadline. Blow it up and start again, or retain the pieces and make a push. They first had to determine if they as a team were going to make a legitimate playoff run, or if they would be better served planning for the future. And they were smart. The Rangers actually planned for both. They dealt Brady Shea to Carolina for a 2020 first-round draft pick, and they locked up their most important player in Chris Kreider. Now, as Chumbawamba tub-thumping from whatever year that was. I was in like fifth grade when that came out, I think. 
They're, they've gotten knocked down because, unfortunately, days after signing that seven-year extension, Chris Kreider took a puck off his left foot Friday night, sustained a fracture. Now, will the Rangers get back up again? We don't know. That is yet to be seen. Because the rest of that game was ugly. I watched it. That I I watched beginning to end. And when he got hit with that puck and in that foot and he went right down immediately, you knew something was up. Recovery time, I'm putting it at about eight weeks. So on or about April 24th, we're looking at a return. That's eight weeks from the injury, right? Which is well into the playoffs, provided that the Rangers get there. And again, you have to think about this. It's a lower body issue. So his cardiovascular fitness will also suffer. So if he does come back for a playoff run, and if they are in the playoffs at that point in time, he's not going to be at 100%. It's just not possible. So I guess good news and bad news for the Rangers, I guess if you want to categorize it as that. I'm living in that 21st century. So now, the 21st century, what is the NL waiting for? Can they please adopt the DH rule already? A lanky, awkward pitcher with a bat in his hands makes you want to tune in and watch baseball, really? Makes me want to change the channel, go to the bathroom, get a snack, anything. Except watch the automatic out that's about to happen and the ensuing multi-minutes commercial break. Come on. We are well beyond the age of putting pitchers into a position where they could be injured. And their multi-million dollar contracts unfulfilled from a production point of view. So, all of that's on the table, everybody. Uh, How about the new NFL playoff structure, the new MLB playoff structure? And will there be an NFL lockout? There are 25 days until opening day. Let's hit the calls after the break. 877-337-6666. This is going to be a short break because Marco's right here. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Welcome back here, guys. McCartan after midnight here on The Fan. There is one phone line open, and it has your name all over it. So get on that, guys. (laughs) Um, Hey, I just wanted to shout out to uh, looking for more of my content. I, uh, I launched episode two of my Power Players podcast on Radio.com. It focuses on my come up. I mean, the first episode was Susan Waldman. And I think for my newer fans and, and, and for you guys too, um, you know, my little backstory there. So if you go on WFAN's website, it's under the podcast tab. Or if you go on Radio.com or search their app, you can just type in Power Players. That's the name of it. It'll come right up. Speaking of Radio.com, check out Radio.com Rewind and listen to any WFAN program you might have missed over the past 24 hours. Download the Radio.com app and select WFAN. Maybe you missed a big interview. Maybe it was something funny. Or maybe you just want to hear the entire show. Maybe you called in and you want to hear your call back. It's pretty cool. It's easy to navigate. You can pause and rewind any length of segment you choose or take a listen to an entire show. It's all the new Radio.com Rewind feature. Download the Radio.com app now and rewind up to 24 hours so you can catch anything you might have missed. Listen the way you want, when you want. So we talked about the Yankees. I mean, there are 20, what, 26 or 25 days until opening day. Every call on hold is about baseball. We've got Yankees injuries. We've got Mets bullpen issues. And and we'll see where tonight goes. We'll see where tonight takes us, everybody. So 877-337-6666. Get aboard. Let's go first to our first caller of the night, Kevin in Camden. You're on the fan. How you doing, Daniel? What's up, Kevin? Uh, Not much. I want to talk about Aaron Judge today. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm... You were right. He is the most significant injury that, you know, the Yankees could have suffered right now. Um, I just feel that he's become an injury-prone player because if you look at his career, 
his first year, which was, you know, that historic season, he was he was healthy. Then after that, he just started getting a bunch of injuries, and it's concerning to me. If you're, if you, you know, as a, as a fan, I'm just a fan of him. As a, I'm just concerned, and he's going to be a free agent in two years. Mm. He's going to be 31 when he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Do the Yankees, and I'm just curious. Do you want to? I mean, it's going to sound sacrilegious. I don't want to start a riot here. <laughs> but would you would you resign him, knowing his injury history? I mean, if, based on talent, no question. But on his injury history, you got to really pause there and think. Um, you know, I just I'm just curious because I'm not sure. As a fan, I'd say all right, bring him back because of his talent. But you know. You don't know about the injuries. I know. Hey, Kevin, thanks for the call. That's, a, that's an excellent question. I'm sure we're going to examine that often and, and or, or early and often as, we, as we're going to do tonight. But, you know, when you look at Aaron Judge, I mean, obviously, you know, the guy's a, a, a Goliath. I mean, really, the guy's built. He's six seven, two sixty two. He's better served as the New York Jets tight end because they don't seem to have one, really, except for Chris Herndon. But he's also injured often. But he's better built as a tight end. I, I, I know. When you look at his injury history, though, he has obviously the shoulder injury, which we don't know how long that's going to be. He had the oblique injury in 2019, which kept him off often. Those are those are the only two injuries he's ever sustained really in his career because if you're going to tag him with the term injury prone, those are the two you point to. Because the other one was the uh, the right wrist. I mean, he got hit. He got hit with a pitch. Chip fracture in his right wrist. I mean, that, that's you know that that's that's not injury prone. That's just getting injured. So, I mean, besides the oblique, that's one injury, and we'll see what this shoulder thing is or pectoral muscle thing is. That's concerning to me. Um, and I think it's way too early to tell. You know, if in fact you're going to be wanting to re-sign Aaron Judge. I mean, like you said, Kevin, talent-wise. It's a no-brainer. Injury-wise, gives you pause for concern, or whatever that saying is. Cause for concern, I, I guess it is. Um, but, you know, you just, I don't know. I mean, his fielding percentage in 19, I'm just looking at it, fielding percentage as a fielder in 2019 was 1,000. The guy didn't make one single error. Fielding percentage in, in 18 was 984. So, He's obviously a valuable player, and, and by the way, that short porch in right field, have you seen him rob some home runs there with his 6'7 frame? I mean, the guy is a valuable player. But he had the oblique, and now he has this pectoral thing, but I, you cannot blame the right wrist fracture on him. You can't. That's not an injury-prone label. That's just an injury, like I said. So do you re-sign him long-term? It's just too early to tell. You know, that's why they don't make these decisions at this point in time, you know? It, it is to be seen. I mean, Aaron Judge is obviously the fan favorite of, of many people. He's one of the most recognizable players in the game. But if the Yankees feel like they, he doesn't give them as much as he should, then maybe they don't go ahead and re-sign him. But it's just way too early to tell that. Next in line was Justin in Westchester. You're on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. How What's are up, you? Justin? Good. How are you? All right, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Um, just want to say thanks. Uh, <clears throat> Aaron Judge, uh, you know, it stinks that he's hurt. Um, hopefully it's nothing serious. Uh, you know, I had a chance to speak to Susan Waldman once, and she just absolutely raved about him. 
about, you know, how he was just kind of atypical of the generation where he just gets it yep. and he's a good guy and that he really appreciates everything that, that he, that he has in life. And, you know, when you hear really good stories like that about the players you like, it makes you root for them even more. So I hope they don't rush him back. I hope it's not serious, whatever it is. I hope he's able to overcome it pretty quickly. You know what? And that, that, uh, that you know, just makes me think there, Justin, real quick that, you know, Baseball, they're struggling to find an identity, quote unquote. And when you see guys like Aaron Judge playing catch with a kid in in the outfield before a game, I mean, that's the stuff that that makes and hooks kids from from the beginning, you know. And, oh, and, absolutely. And baseball has a problem with that, with, with kids being involved. You know, the attention like span. Like reaching into the kid's popcorn. You know, those, right. those moments are indelible right. in our minds. Right. So, you know, and then when you have a commissioner who's totally clueless. Yep. You oh, know, yeah. and drops the Inept. ball with totally handling. Inept. Yep. A scandal, yep. yeah, absolutely, inept. totally inept. You know, but it's it's they're making decisions based on what they think is going to least influence their bottom line in a negative way. So, you know, the business part of it really just, and I don't think he, it, it is good business what they did. I think they had to be, you know, really strict about a penalty for what happened. You know, Major League Baseball is culpable because they're the ones that put the cameras in the dugout to begin with. Right. So they have to accept their responsibility, and then they hit the dole out punishment accordingly. And they just didn't do that. You know, a five million dollars fine for the Astros is a drop in the bucket when you consider that they made seventy million dollars just by winning the World Series. Right. And why hasn't and, that rule already been changed? Like, why hasn't there been a, m- a motion to change that rule to make it a higher fine? Where, where is that yeah, news? You know, there there should be something in place already you know, going forward. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think in years past, this would have been an incident where the commissioner could have used it to really take on the players' union, and now it seems like they're afraid of the players' union. Mm-hmm. And Major League Baseball, obviously, the players' union of Major League Baseball is the strongest probably in the country. <laughs> right. But right. Uh, all that aside, I think, considering the Yankees won 103 games last year, not that you don't worry about it, but I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll be able to weather this injury storm. You know, how I think said it, that it's better to have these injuries now than it is to have these injuries, you know, when you really need these guys in October. Right. right. So, you know, I mean, the division is, I hate to say that the AL East is a weak division, but Baltimore is not very good. Toronto, you know, young and talented, but they're not better than the Yankees. Right. Boston's taking a big hit. So, you know, I think the Yankees are going to be fine. And, you know, the fact that they don't play the Astros until September is a good thing because they can build up to that. Hopefully they can, you know, get it out of their system and be ready to play baseball in September and have a, you know, big enough lead on Tampa Bay or whoever else is going to challenge for the division. That's it. To not have to worry about. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And and Justin, thanks for the call. I really appreciate that. Lots of stuff brought up there, Justin. Sorry to cut you off there, but, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be the team that kind of scares me. Uh, it's not, like you said, it's not going to be the Red Sox. It's not going to be the Blue Jays. And it's definitely not going to be the Orioles. I mean, come on. So the Tampa Bay Rays are the ones to watch. And like you said, the Yankees don't play the Astros until September. So with that being said, by that point in time, James Paxton should be back full strength. Domingo Herman should be back full strength. You know, not that he was injured, but you know what I'm saying. But, um, that would be the good litmus test for the Yankees to see, you know, where where they stand. Because I, I right now the Yankees are going to win the AL East. That's what I think. And we'll go to Santa Monica, California. Kevin, you're on the fan. Yeah, hi, Danielle. Um, 
I mean, you guys were talking about the commissioner, Manfredi. He's a man fraud. I mean, the guy can't monetize an ATM. But <laughs> I'll tell you, one guy that I like is maybe Bob Iger is the guy who can monetize the game. But back to the injuries. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about um, Aaron Judge, Mike Stanton. I mean, you could put nine zombies on the field for the Yankees and they'll win the AL East. Uh, I'm not convinced that the Rays are that good. Uh, I think they maybe win 70 games this year. But that's it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll hang up and listen. Okay, Kevin, thanks for that. Um, well, the race, see, the why the race scare me is the fact that they took those cheating Astros to, to a, a series, to five-game series, you know? Oh, my Siri. My Siri just <laughs> opened up when I said series. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I think that the Rays are going to be an issue because they took those cheating Astros to, to a five-game series. Um, that's what's concerning. I mean, I was, I went to last week or the week before I went to Florida, as, as I told you guys, and I went to Rays camp and, and they, they have the hitters. I mean, they have the defense and they have the hitters and they play a different style of ball than the Yankees do. You've seen it. The Astros, I mean, the, uh, the Rays spray the ball all over the field. I mean, and they're not looking for that big hit. They, they, I, I just I, I would venture to guess that their team batting average the at the Rays is much higher than the Yankees, and their team on base percentage much higher than the Yankees. The Yankees are feast or famine, and that's the problem. But Red Sox losing Mookie Betts, the Red Sox are in a lot, a lot of trouble uh, everywhere. You know, it's just it's not going to be them. It's not going to be the Orioles. I mean, I think the Yankees double-A team could beat the Orioles team that they're about to put out there. <laughs> feel sorry to say that, but, you know. And the Blue Jays, they're young. I, I just, I don't think they have the pitching. Although they have some young, nice young pieces, especially in Guerrero. It's just, it's, they don't scare me. Their they're inexperience is, is glaring, I, I would have to say about that. But as far as the Yankees and, and the Rays, See, the Yankees have an issue with their approach to hitting. And you know here, on here, I've talked about it a hundred million times. I, I don't like this whole launch angle thing, this whole strikeout or hit a home run thing. I don't like it. And I was thinking on the way in tonight about, you know, I remember the one night we talked about the, the most recent World Series winners and the fact that they could spray the ball all over the field. We talked about the 20, I don't know if the 2019 World Series had happened yet or was about to happen, but we talked about the the 18 Red Sox. We talked about the 17 Astros. And I, and I was like, oh, you know, that they spray the ball all over the field, et cetera, et cetera. Now we come to find out that, you know, they were all cheating. But that just proves the point that, we are not in an age of uh, taking steroids is going to make you a better player. We are in an age of knowing which pitch is coming makes you a better player. A hitter, anyway. And if you know what's coming, you have a distinct advantage over someone that was taking steroids. I mean, it's just... That's why they were cheating the way they were cheating, guys. That's that's why. <laughs> so, as I was driving in, I was like, well, you know, now that that whole theory of you know, they put the ball in play is kind of fraudulent. But then again, I was like, no, what? It's it's actually not because that's why they were cheating to be able to put the ball in play. So I would love to see the Yankees 
play that style of ball. You know, Brett Gardner, can you lay down a bunt every once in a while? I mean, come on. This this whole thing where the shift, I, I mean, I can't I can't get over the fact that the MLB ball players cannot hit out of a shift. That that is amazing to me. I mean, you teach the kids when they're when I know I taught the kids when they're younger, when they're young. That pitch goes that way. Inside pitch gets pulled. Outside pitch goes to the right field. Come on. Fundamental ball. Okay, more of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. Let's talk some baseball, guys. Yankees are, uh, I'm looking at highlights right now. They're up the fifth inning, 2-0 versus Detroit. I think they ended up winning that game. And, of course, the Mets. We have to touch on the Mets as well. Come on. It's a a two-team town here, guys. Okay, so 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan on the fan. Welcome back, everybody, to McCartan After Midnight here on the next episode of McCartan After Midnight here on March 1st. I mean, it is freezing outside, guys. If you're getting in your car, thank God for heated steering wheels. I got to tell you, heating steering wheels are lifesavers, especially, well, heated seats, too. That goes without saying. But the steering wheel is a new function that I got on on my not-so-new car. But ah, it's the best. I love it. So as we're freezing up here in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, in this area— the Yankees are in nice, sunny, warm Tampa. And as we've been talking about, the Yankees pitching has been an issue. Obviously, with Severino set to receive Tommy John surgery, out for the entire season and, and most of next season as well. Just add his name to the list of pitchers who have had this same surgery. Steven Strasburg, John Smoltz, Jacob deGrom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I looked at the most recent Yankee to have it, Yankee pitcher, I should say, and it was Ben Heller on April 6th of 2018. According to Fangraphs, another good website, 202 pitchers have appeared in an MLB game in 2017 and has Tom and John surgery. So let me tell you something. In 2017, 26% of the pitchers that pitched in games had this surgery. I mean, the recovery period, anywhere between 12 and 15 months. He'll be back eventually. But my question is, you know, why didn't he get it in November? Why Why didn't he do this surgery in November? Why did he wait until the end of February? I think it's a great question. It's a fair question. Brian Cashman said that the injury did not present the normal red flags of a torn UCL and needed contrast dye MRI and the consultation of team doctor Chris Ahmad and Mets team doctor David Alchek to finally confirm the diagnosis. Okay, fine. What has not really been talked about here, guys? What has not really been talked about? What well, was the fact that, yes, he Severino has been feeling soreness in the muscle throughout the entire offseason. Okay, in the AL, we, we know. We know in the play. We, we got that. But no one seems to be talking about the fact that he twice flew from his home in the Dominican Republic to New York for MRIs in the offseason. They didn't find any issues. Twice. And the third time once spring training started. Then they put the dye in there and then they found the issue. But in any event, Dr. David Alchek performed the surgery Thursday. Everything went as planned. And also, for good measure, he took out an existing bone chip in Severino's right elbow. That wasn't causing him any pain. It's just It was there, so they took it out. And Alchek has performed maybe the third or fourth most of these surgeries in the entire league. Severino is in good hands. And by the way, he's the same doctor that performed D.D. Gregorius' Tommy John surgery. So there you go. There's some back 
story with that that no one really seems to be talking about. So 877-337-6666. We will, or I will, head to the phones here. We have CJ in Mount Holly. You're on the fan. Danielle, how are you doing? I'm good, CJ. All right. I want to talk about the combine, but first I'm going to make a Yankee point. Mm-hmm. You know what? But these players like Judge and Stanton, who are massive individuals, do you really have to be that big to play baseball? I think a lot of the weightlifting has a lot to do of why the injury rate is going up in baseball. Yeah. You don't have to be massive. Look at Hank Aaron, all the home runs he hit, and he was a very small man. Babe you know, Ruth, so. he was just fat. <laughs> I mean, it's just craziness all the, you know, with all the weightlifting. But getting to judge, I'm going to agree with that call who said you can't just hand judge a big-time contract. Right. Sometimes sports is a brutal business. You can't always you know, sign a guy because the fans like him. Look at the Patriots. That's why organizations win and why some don't win. You, you just have to know when to cut ties. Yes. I mean, listen, we're not saying that the Yankees are going to cut ties with Aaron Judge. It's, we're, we're just saying that it's not going to be guaranteed that he's automatically going to be given this huge contract based on his injuries. Let's, exactly. I think that's a fair way to put that. Yes, exactly. And it's You're not just him, CJ. Right. It's, it's anybody. It's not just Aaron Judge. It's it's anybody in any yep. sport, for that matter. All right, now getting to the combine, and this affects the Jets and the Giants, who are potentially lift, looking for left tackles. Do you see this kid from Louisville back there at the combine? You see how massive this guy is? Is that the guy that ran the uh, the, the four-whatever or two or whatever? No, no, he's six spot. He's 360 pounds, a sheer just brute, and he ran like a 5-140, which is incredible for that type of left tackle. And I'm telling you something, the Jets are going to have a big decision in making this draft. They're going to have maybe a choice between Jerry Judy and one of the top tackles in the draft. Mm-hmm. Which way would you go? If I'm the Jets, and, and CJ, thanks for the call, and by the way, Mekhi Becton, that was the guy. He ran a uh, 40-yard dash at 5.11 seconds. Um, if, you know what? For, wait a minute. I ran a 40-yard dash. I, I got to find this. I, there was, <laughs> I love doing like these, these combines. CJ, I'll get to your question in one second. Um, I'm going to write down wide receiver or offensive tackle, question mark. Okay. So I ran a 40-yard dash. Um, oh, I got to see it. Twitter advanced search. Um in my time, just to, I just want to compare it to to this guy. So my time on a forty yard dash, uh, dash, I want to get it right. I just I don't want to get it wrong. You know, you know me right now. Uh, I just look this up. Okay, so I ran a forty yard dash on or in June of let's see, uh, was it last year? Yes, June twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen. I ran. I mean, I didn't do any warm-ups. I didn't do any stretching, no stretching, no warm-ups. You know, I got out there, and I think I ran it three times. And I think my best time was my second time. I ran a 5-4 40-yard dash. Now this guy, at literally almost 400 pounds, runs a 5-1 40-yard dash. I mean, he was stretched out and everything, though. <laughs> he was stretched out. He practiced the technique, you know. But guys, five one. If you're three hundred sixty four pounds, come on. But then again, the question is: See, that's why I don't pay so much mind to this this NFL scouting combine because 
You got a punter doing a million reps with a bench press. Okay, he's a punter. He doesn't really need to ever do that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not a good, it's not a great, we'll say, measure of, of skill for these guys. I'd rather watch film. I'd rather watch game scenarios, game situations, because when is a 364-pound man ever going to run 40 yards downfield on an interception? Okay, that happens, what, once a game? Not even sometimes if you have a really good quarterback? I mean, so that's not a really good indication of skill. He's just a fast runner. Good for him. At his size, good for him. So um, so the question is, for the Jets, do they go wide receiver or offensive lineman? See, I would love it if the Jets, we talked about this last week, the Jets lured a certain number 13 away from the Cleveland Browns. I think you go offensive tackle in the draft, right? Because you've seen the price of offensive tackles like for example, Nate Solder with the Giants. That guy that had he had an astronomical price, right? And he really didn't pan out. Whereas guys like Jack Conklin in um in um Tennessee or Taylor Lewan, those guys were drafted. And you don't even need to look outside of New York. Yeah, at uh, of Tennessee. You can look inside New York. Think of DeBrickashaw Ferguson. Think of Nick Mangold, who were Jets for, for years. They played their entire career with the Jets. So wide receiver or offensive tackle in the draft? I'm going offensive tackle in the draft if I'm the Jets. I'm going wide receiver in free agency if I'm the Jets. And I know uh, Odell's not a free agent. They'd have to make a trade for him. Go get him. And forget about Robbie Anderson. Forget about him, please. Don and East Yapank, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How you doing? What's up, Don? Love the, love the show. Thanks. Just wanted to touch base with you on the cheating scandal because I I love your takes on it, but there's a couple of factors that I respectfully disagree with you on. Let's hear it. Um, first of all, baseball. Hundreds of years, they've embraced cheating on every level. Loaded bats. Doctoring baseball, sign stealing. You, you know, you go right down. You go right down the, the, the list. And the, I'm a little older than you. I remember watching this week in baseball growing up when Gaylord Perry had a spot on there where he was throwing balls out of a bucket full of water to kind of tongue in cheek let him know that he was loading up baseballs and the various other things. It's gone on. The biggest problem with the Astros is they won. And he got put in a bad position. But Manfred, I think, you're criticizing way too much criticism there and not enough criticism on the players. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's so good the players are speaking out. The players are the reason why the players didn't get disciplined. Manfred had no choice but to let those players have immunity because if he had went after them with just a pitcher and a couple of anonymous sources, he would have never had enough to be able to discipline them against the union. So these players that are coming out now that are arguing that, hey, he's got to come up and discipline these players, they should be going back to their delegates and their union right. representatives and demanding change right. to allow him to be able to do that. Right. He couldn't have done it, and it was more important at that point to get it stopped because let's remember something. The sign-stealing is not the first time this has happened. Right, Don, Cleveland Indians Don, had it a couple me, years let ago. Let me tell you something here, Don. Here's the problem. If you're Ron Manfred, right, you don't need to interview 100 million people about this, okay? That's where he went wrong. You pick out um, uh, 
Mike Fires, a couple other guys, and, and and that's it. You put them on the spot, and that's how you do it. I mean, in interrogation, if you're a police interrogation, you don't interview the entire gang, right, or, or whatever. You interview a couple of the guys and hope that they rat each other out. Then that's how you I, do it. I agree it. with you that, on, that on was, that point. That was the fundamental it, problem I had with Rob Manfred. That was it. it. It just never happens because we went through this. And here's the problem. I, I appreciate your no-nonsense uh, Guys that cheat should be out of the game, but then you, you back it off with the steroids. Everybody that cheats, whether it's to load a bat or baseball or steroids or sign stealing, doesn't guarantee you success. It gives you an advantage. No, sign now, stealing, it, come oh, on. I'm sorry. And knowing which pitch comes is a distinct advantage. Come on. They no, no, I'm not going to stand you please. I'm not arguing that it isn't. You have the advantage. It's still, you're a ball player. I played ball previously, too. It's still bad on ball. It's still, you know, you know, all the pitches that were complaining that guys laid off a real good breaking pitch. And if it was a strike, they would have struck out. I mean, there's all sorts of arguments here. And I'm not defending it because I think it's disgusting. I'm with you. I, I would clean it out altogether. But I, you just can't turn around and break off the things we like about cheating. And not, I mean, and in the Yankee fans, I feel bad for them. But. You know, is anybody giving back the World Series championships when Whitey Ford admitted that he doctored baseballs or Elston Howard did or anything else? I mean, stop. It, it, it goes too far. It's got to be cleaned up from a point and then zero tolerance like you're saying. I agree with you. Yeah, and Don, thanks for calling. I'm a little bit up against the break. I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, I just, I mean, you back off with the steroids. No, I, I really don't, actually. It's just, it's it, it, you know, Either you have a positive test or you don't have a positive test. Either you're you're banging a garbage can to know what signs coming or you're not. I mean, it's it's provable. It's very provable and it has been proven. The problem I have with Ron Manfred and his ineptitude is the fact that he interviewed 100 million people and granted immunity to the players, okay? That's the problem I have. And this these Astros are going to have a huge issue. You're seeing it already on social media. Maybe out of the break we'll, we'll play one of the, the clips. Marufo and I will we'll play you guys one of the clips of what happened um, today even with the Astros and, and a fan real close to the dugout. So um, they're going to have a tough season because you know why? People feel that baseball didn't come down hard enough on them. So the pitchers are taken into their own hands and so are the fans. Hey, we'll take more of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. Hang there. I'll get to you. Don't worry. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Daniel McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. The Good morning, everybody. One hour down. What do we got? Three to go. This is your cue to call. 877-337-6666. And we've been talking a lot of baseball tonight. We've just opened up the Astros cheating scandal. Um, can of worms. The rabbit hole, which we might be going down here tonight. It depends on what you guys want. Um, I know I have a Mets call on hold and a Jets call on hold. So, But there's just one thing I had, like a little, um, like a, um, what's that word? Um, like a holdover um, to continue that conversation. I was just, you know, cut off by the break. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, yes, the players should be going to their players' union. Yes, they should be. Who knows? We don't know if they did or did not. You know, maybe they all did. Maybe they outspoken to the media and then went to their players' union or went to the players' union first and then spoke to the media. We don't know that factor. We don't know. So the problem with this whole thing is that, you know, unions, there's strength in numbers with unions, correct? 
Now you have 29 teams that are all on one side versus one team that is clearly on the other side, the line of demarcation. So moving forward in their new CBA, you'd have to think that that might be cause for concern, that there are 29 teams versus one. So the fact of the matter is that people, fans, and people, players on opposing teams feel as though Rob Manfred was inept in the, in the punishments that he doled out stemming from the fact that he gave immunity to the players that speak that spoke to him. The dozens of players that spoke to him. You don't need dozens of you, you ask I mean even in a classroom. You don't need to ask the entire class who who screwed up. You pick out, you know, three kids or four kids and if they all tell you the same story, that's enough. That's enough to punish the kid that did the wrong. You know what I mean? So people feel, fans and players, feel that not enough was done to punish the Astros. So you're seeing it this preseason, that they are taking it into their own hands, both the players and the fans. You've seen, we talked last week about the signs that have been confiscated already um, at, at the Astros games. You've seen it in the sense that that all the all the batters have been being hit. I mean, they have had the most hit batters so far this preseason. The Astros. I don't think it's a coincidence. Do you think it's a coincidence? I don't think so. And then most recently, I think this is from tonight or earlier earlier tonight. Um, I want you to listen to this clip of a guy that was sitting had the first seat right next to the dugout. And this is what he had to say to the Astros inside their dugout. They didn't even know how to handle it. How do you handle something like this? Play it for him. Take your time, but take it. Are you going to give the trophy back? You guys keeping a trophy? You're going to give it back? As long as you keep paying. How about that? How about the rings? You're going to keep the rings? You're going to keep the rings and the MVP? Or you're going to give them back? Just keep paying. Come see us. I'll come. I'll come to do this. So that's a guy screaming into the dugout. I mean, come on. Is that not embarrassing? I think that's embarrassing. But then again, if I want a World Series and want a trophy and want a ring and want an MVP, I mean, that's it. then it doesn't really matter to me. But we're going to be seeing this, everybody. Game in, game out. You saw the other video of the guy yelling at Correa that he's a cheater. I don't know if you heard me the first time, Correa, but you can hear me now. You're a cheater. I think that came from either today or... or, or Saturday or Friday, I don't remember, but it's just going to be game in and game out. And you know what? Can't say it's not deserved. Okay, 877-337-6666. We will go to Long Island, Strong Island. Doug, you're on the fan. How you doing, Danielle? What's up, Doug? All right. Um, I know people say, and I'm, I listen, it was despicable what they did. And I'm, three guys are done in baseball probably for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Cora. Pinch and Beltran. Lunau should be on that list too. Yeah, he's not going to be back either. Um, well, people say steroids don't help as much. These guys, none of them hit 400. None of them hit 350. Barry Bonds on steroids walked like 40 times and hit 70 home runs. So right, for but, people to but, say that it's not. Listen, I'm, again, I'm not. I'm not justifying what they did. I don't agree with it. But people are saying, like, steroids, you know, they don't matter. 
that it's this and that, and it's such a huge advantage having the signs. These guys struggle to score runs. If they had the signs all the time, like everybody's saying, oh, they cheated against the Yankees. What do you mean? They struggled to score runs. They won the World Series in 17 and 19. Okay. All right, they just eliminated the Yankees this year. How many runs did they have going into it that extra ma- it, it doesn't matter I, how many I'm runs they scored. They still won. They still outscored their like opponents enough to win. Excuse me. They I still outscored you, their opponents. Okay, this is not how this is going to work. This, uh, this is yeah, not how this is going to work. It doesn't matter how many runs they scored. If they scored one run and their opponent scored zero, they still won- scored enough runs to win the World Series in 17 and 19. And you brought up Barry Bonds. That's fine. But how many World Series did Barry Bonds and his steroids win? How many? I'm saying cheating is cheating, in my opinion. But how now, many? How many? Zero, right? The answer is zero, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Zero. All right, go ahead. All right, so, but why I did call is, one, the Edwin Diaz thing. Yeah. I can't stand him. Mm-hmm. I think as a Mets fan, that trade is going to haunt him forever. But you got to, I mean, you're judging him on one inning, but with baseball reference numbers, that really shouldn't matter. Which I and did I'll say that. You, which, which I did say yeah. that. If you were listening, I said, I know this is one right. inning, but this is much I of mean, the same, <laughs> isn't it not? I know, but you can't like get too giddy over one guy, Luizaga, because of you're saying he's got an 8K rate for nine innings after one outing. I mean, the baseball spring training. Greg Bird was one of the greatest hitters ever in spring training a couple of years ago. Spring Never training doesn't out. matter. Never panned out. And one other thing I'll say to you. I have a daughter, I have a sister, and I have a wife. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think it's an honor and a privilege for these guys to be blessed to play in this league but you brought up Domingo Herman is like he's coming back to this rotation. This cheating thing with the Astros bothers you, but as a woman, it doesn't bother you what this guy did to his girlfriend and that he's got a half a season ban. Did I ever, half did a I ever say that? Ban. Did you tune into no, that episode? You're, you're bringing him up as coming back, like looking forward to him. And everybody says these guys on Astros should be banned for life. They cheated. This guy hit his girlfriend, probably beat her up. That, to me, is another guy who should never be back. That should be zero tolerance with that, too. Listen, I, I, I agree with you. But unfortunately, that's not the policy in MLB. Unfortunately, he, he served his suspension, and that's it. And he's coming back. And, and, and from now, and, and if you look, listen to the podcast I had, Doug, I talked to Susan Waldman about this. I asked her this question. How do you cover guys like Aroldis Chapman and like Domingo Herman that have been accused and found guilty of doing things like this? Domestic violence, okay? I asked her that question. You have to separate the player from the person at that point in time. That's it. I'm here to, to evaluate these, these guys as players. Domingo Herman, as a player, is a good pitcher. Domingo Herman, as a player, losing him as a player, I feel was a, a, a humongous detriment to the Yankees in making a, a deep playoff run. That's a fact. I mean, that's facts. So, yeah, while he should be banned for life, unfortunately, the policy is that he's not going to be. Unfortunately. That's facts. It's just what it is. And I'm not saying Jose Altuve should be banned for life. I never said that. I don't know what program you're listening to. I've never said that. I said there should be suspensions for sure. Oh, yes, for sure. And fines. Actually, I said that there should be fines because that's with these players. That's where it it hurts those players in their pocketbooks. Fines. Percentages of their salaries taken away. That's what I said. So as a a, a player, they cheated and they they should be punished. As a player, Domingo Herman was punished. 
And as a player, he will bolster, bolster the Yankees' rotation. That's my take on that. And if you listen to Susan Waldman in the podcast, spoiler alert, type in power players on, on radio.com app, Doug, you can do that. Or, or go to WFAN.com slash podcast. You can, you can go on there and, and check it out, episode one. She said the same thing. Hmm? There you go. Susan Waldman, who's been doing this before I was born, does the same thing. Jim, in Florida, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Doug. What, um, what's up? Susan Waldman's a legend. Uh, so for a small, long, long, long interview. Um, and congrats also on the heated well. Jim, I can't, I can't really hear you, Jim. Can you hear me better now? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Um, I have a bone to pick with you. Um, you suggested that the Jets should um, sign Odell Beckham. Is yes, they, sir. Did I get that correctly? You did. Yes, sir. Okay. So. Oh, Jim, we're losing you. Why would, why would they want to do that? Because he is one of the best, most electrifying wide receivers out there. And the Jets okay. have a huge deficiency at wide receiver for years. Okay, um, there is such a thing as a salary cap in the NFL, and this team is building. I don't understand why we would spend a lot of money for a wide receiver when we don't even have an offensive line yet. Well, obviously you know what the NFL draft is, right? And you know those players are like you know free under rookie contracts, I guess? You do know that. Right. right. And there are offensive Correct. linemen in the draft, right? Yeah, but what if they're all gone? What if they're all gone? All, all, the, all, the, all, all the good offensive linemen. What if they're all gone? Okay. They're all not going to be gone by what? The Jets are what? Pick 11? They're all not going to be gone by then because there are also quarterbacks that are going to be taken before them. Okay. And defensive defensive players. Defensive linemen. So right. I wouldn't worry that they're going to be gone. I would be worried if the Jets have to go to free agency and find an offensive lineman like the Giants did with Nate Solder. That's what I'd be worried about. I, I got it. So why should they? Jets should get T.D. Lamb as, as a wide receiver and get him on the rookie scale contract instead of uh, giving Odell Beckham like God. I just, I just money. told you, I just told you why you're not going to overpay an offensive lineman to get uh, to get Lamb. I, I, listen, I like him, but I'd rather take an offensive lineman at eleven than a wide receiver. You get more value out of that. Well, not if it's the fourth, not if it's the fourth offensive lineman, and you might get the first wide receiver. It depends on how the draft goes. But well, you answered your own question there. I, but then you answered your own question. We'll have to see how the draft goes, well, don't we? Yeah, well, I, I just don't like Odell Beckham because Cleveland just did the same thing, and they're, they're trying to get rid of him. So, I mean, you know, one one spitting twice shy. Yeah, but, but Jim, and, and here's the problem with that: that Odell Beckham re- really didn't have a role on that team. There, there has to be a clear-cut number one wide receiver, and he was not a clear-cut wide, number one wide receiver on that team. Just look at their, their their targets. Odell Beckham, 133 targets. Landry, 138. Who was the number one wide receiver? We don't know. If he comes to the Jets, we know he's the number one wide receiver. We, we do know that. So if you're asking me the question, I'd rather draft an offensive lineman than go the Nate Solder route like the Giants did. Then they were in real trouble with that money and that contract. You get a guy from the draft. Nick Mangle, Dupricashaw Ferguson, played their entire careers with the Jets. They got him from the draft, not from free agency. The Jets have a huge deficiency at wide receiver for years, literally for years. And if you're looking at, you know, I, I, I should have asked you if you wanted to, to go the, the Robbie Anderson route because Robbie Anderson's market value is about $12 million a year. Odell Beckham, 
14 million. That's a contract. That's what he's owed. Would you rather have Robbie Anderson or Odell Beckham Jr.? I'm telling you who my answer is. It's not Robbie Anderson. The guy that can just run straight lines and can't catch a contested ball. That's the way that's that's not the way I'm going. So, if you're asking me which one I'm taking, it's Odell Beckham Jr. and a free agency. I'm going wide receiver free agency or, or I'm sorry, he's not going to be free agent, but via trade. And I'm going offensive lineman in the draft. At 11, there will be an offensive lineman there. I promise you. Okay, more your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on the man on the, on the fan, and here is a quick turnaround update with Marco. Welcome back, everybody. We are, at this time of year, such a, I said this last week, such a mishmash of topics. We got, I'm watching right now, NFL Combine, guy bench pressing right now. We've got Mets. We've got Yankees taking their first cracks at, at spring training. Well, maybe about a week or two in. Um, got the Rangers making a playoff push. The Islanders are pretty much already in. I mean, nothing's guaranteed in hockey. I know that. But right now, if the season ended today, the, the Islanders would have the first wild card spot. And the Rangers would be, let's see, two points out of the second one. So we've got hockey reaching a fever pitch here in New York. We've got baseball just getting underway. And we've got some football fans waking up, watching the combine, and wondering what their teams are going to do in the draft. I'll tell you, the Jets should be all in on an offensive lineman. Or a cornerback. That's what I think the Jets should do. Giants, O-line, all the way. And then, you know, it's, 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 do they, do they do an edge rusher? Do the Giants go for an edge rusher at four? You know, um, God, what's his name? The GM, Dave Gettleman. He's never traded down. I heard that on TV and I was like, what? He's never traded down? But let's go back to baseball. John Carlos Stanton. Over his 10-year career, averages 116 games played per season. 18 last season. Juventus Cespedes, over his 7-year career, averages just two more. 118 games played per season. Zero games last season. So here is a question I posed to my loyalist followers on Twitter on Friday. By the way, this was my most popular Twitter poll to date. I take pride in that. Who plays in more games this season? Giancarlo Stanton or Juventus Cespedes? That was the poll I tweeted. And by the way, mine ended, I think, around like 4 o'clock maybe, 4 p.m. on Friday. Evan Roberts had the same poll. Oh, I actually just give him my results. Here, Evan, here, here are the results. Uenis, everybody thinks that Yuenis Cespedes, 57% of the vote, 800 votes, which is a lot for me, 800 votes, 57% of you guys think Yuenis Cespedes is going to play in more games than Giancarlo Stanton this season. Yes, I know Giancarlo Stanton could be used as a DH, I get that, but my vote is for Yuenis Cespedes, for really only one reason, he's in a contract here. And in the 2015 season, right before he signed that big contract with the Mets, he played in 159 games. Well, 102 before he got here, but 159 overall out of 162. This guy is totally motivated by the contract here. So my question to you guys, who plays in more games, Juana Cespedes or Giancarlo Stanton in 2020? 
Kevin in Copeg, you're on the fan. What's up, Danielle? How are you, Kevin? Good. So you were talking about uh, Aaron Judge earlier? Yeah. So Pete Alonso should be aware of what happened to Judge after he hit uh, 52 home runs in 2017. What do you mean by that? Because the next year he hit, uh, I mean, according to a baseball reference, he only hit 27 home runs. I mean, he's been kind of off the oh, field. Oh, oh. oh, you're talking about like a drop-off in production. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, do you think a, what do you think a realistic goal for Alonzo in 2020 is for home runs? Um, it depends on where he is in the lineup, to be honest with you. Is, is he going to be protected or is he going to be the guy? You know, is he going to be the number four hitter or is he going to be the number three hitter? Um, I, was th- I was talking to uh, JJ after dark. He was saying something about he was talking to Ricky Ricardo and the balls are like different. Some people are saying the balls are different than last year. I have no confirmation on that. I'm not going to go with, you know, I, I like to see in touch with my own eyes and talk with my own eyes, to, you know, what, you know, whatever. I like to talk to people myself, but I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he was saying that the uh, Vegas number is uh, over under 36 and a half. Uh, again, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It just depends on where he is in the lineup. Honestly. I mean, if he's going to be the guy that, like I said, if he's going to be the guy that they go after, he's not going to hit 36 home runs. But if he's the guy that's going to be protected in that lineup, he's going to go over 36. If that's the he, number he we're using. All he cares about is, he's, what he said, he wants to be uh, drunk at a ticker tape parade. <laughs> I think every Mets fan wants to be drunk at a ticker tape parade, yeah. <laughs> yep. And and then listen, that guy, he will do anything. He will do anything to make sure that happens. Uh, he is, I mean, he is the face of the Mets, and, and, and might as well be wearing the C on his chest in this year, I, I believe. What about Jeff McNeil? Is he the uh, uh, batting champion contender or more of the sneaky power hitter that he was in the second half? That's a good question. I think I love the way Jeff McNeil approaches his at-bats, and I've said that before. I love the way he can hit to all parts of the field. The way, I love the way he uses, utilizes the entire field. Batting champion. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. A sneaky power hitter, I, I, I don't see it. Um, I think the Mets are going to use him more as like a you know non-base guy, like top-of-the-order, get-on-base sort of guy. He does have a little pop, but I don't know if I'd go as far as seeing a, a – uh, a batting champion. I don't. I don't know. Who would you want out leading off? Nimmo, McNeil, or Rosario? I like uh, Nimmo at the top. The guy sees a ton of pitches. He, he walks a lot, and then when he gets on, on base, base he, yeah, right? yeah. He, he hustles. He hustles around the base. He's the first to third guy. You want him on the bases when when the other guys are up, and he steals what some are the too. What are the Mets saying about like a, a like a four man rotation? And they're going to use an opener. I saw it on a Mets blog. What is it? They're, they're going to use. Uh, they, they're saying Mats and Waka are going to be used as openers, and like maybe Giselman and uh, Lugo. And they're just going to. They're going to start uh, Syndergaard, Degrom, Stroman, and Porcello. And then they're going to go like a long reliever with Waka. Waka and Mats. I don't know. I guess matchups. I, I mean, it, I don't. I don't know. It's sort of a Mets blog. Well, the problem is that the fact that Brody Van Wagenen um, guaranteed both Porcello and Waka roster uh, starting rotation spots. That's the problem. Matt's is the odd guy out, and now I think Brody Van Wagenen is either going to have to eat his words and tell one of those guys that they're going to be relegated to the bullpen, I mean, or or, or trade Matt's or make a trade. I don't know. Uh, I think Brody Van Wagenen talked himself, sweet-talked himself into a corner on that one because they, all, they all can't be starting pitchers. About starting the season with Diaz's closer, isn't that kind of a risk? I mean, what if we fall behind in the standings? I mean, Lugo was pretty solid in the second half. Well, uh, I think you'd rather fall behind early than late. So I think Diaz would be the guy to to, to close in the beginning and, and then see what happens. I mean, right? No, why why even take the risk though? I mean, I've even falling behind. I mean, if Lugo's lights out like he was last year, just 
let him close. If, if he yeah, still the, have these hiccups. Yeah, but the problem is Lugo is is more than a one inning guy. He you, he can be used um, in, in many different slots. He he could be pitching the eighth and the ninth, for example. What if the Mets are in trouble in the eighth and in the eighth? Who's coming in? I mean, now That's that, a that crucial out. Yeah. Now that they have Dellen Batances, it gives him a little bit more wiggle room. I'll be honest, but I think in the beginning you you got to try out Edwin Diaz. You see what his stuff is. If it's not there, then you know. You'd rather What's fall behind in, in, in April than in September, right? You wouldn't what, want him in a position yeah. in September where he blows the game and the Mets are out of the playoffs, right? What's what's yeah, definitely. What's up, Batances' uh, status? I mean, is he pitched in spring training? I haven't been watching. Uh, you know, I haven't seen. Honestly, I can look it up real quick. Um, I haven't seen it. I'll be honest with you. Okay, all right. Thanks for the time, Danielle. Good talking to you. Of course, Kevin. Thanks for the call, um, Dylan Batances. Um, he's obviously coming back from injury as well. Um, not with the Mets. He just got traded to the Mets or signed with the Mets in free agency. Let me just try to see if he pitched anything in spring training. And this internet is failing me right now. Of course it is. Now my computer has the spinning wheel. But I'll get back to you on that. Let's go right to the, back to the calls, I, should, I guess. We got a spinning wheel on this computer. My God. Let's go to Joe in North Babylon. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing tonight? What's up, Joe? I got two things. Sure. I got one about the Astros and one about Susan Waldman, if you let me. Okay. Um, one about the Astros. And this, I, I can't stand the commissioner. All he had to do was get the four guys. Yep. Bregman, Springer, Altuve, Goriel, in a room and say, listen, we know you guys cheated. We'll give you a little suspension, you know, 15, 20 games. Mm-hmm. Rolling. Admit it. Yeah. If you don't admit it, we're giving you a year. And everybody would have came out ahead on that. They would have got this 10-game suspension. Oh, big deal. You know, March 26th to April 6th, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. And everybody would be happy. Yep. But he gives these guys immunity. I'm, and blaming me, oh, the union's too tough. Don't give me that garbage. That's, that's, to me, that's garbage. Mm-hmm. I agree. And on Susan Waldman, who's a hero of mine, I love her. Um, I actually remember listening. I, she was the first person in the fan back in 87, yep. late 87, I believe. Yep. Um, I've always, um, I'm a Met fan. But I've always loved her, and you say I want to. Li- I'm going to listen to the podcast after I go off the phone, which I didn't know about, and you, you told me about mm-hmm. that she was fine. Uh, not that she was fine, but with the whole Domingo Herman thing, mm-hmm. that she just said she has to separate ball players from. Pe- uh, I don't know the way you you mentioned. I was shocked by that because she's been so out in front of women's rights and. And, you know, women in sports, which right. I'm totally all for. I think, you know, that, to me, there's no, there's no, it, it's not male, female. It's everybody. Everybody should be included in mm-hmm. sports. But that she was, like, f- was she fine with what happened? No, her mom? no like, she was th- not fine. No, she said, okay. uh, she said all right, see, no, 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 I misunderstood. No. Okay, no, maybe I didn't say it right. No, obviously, I think she said, I, she goes, I think the words were, I, I have to go back to it, but she, I think she said something along the lines of, like, obviously I'm not fine with what happened. But, yeah. You know, but she said that Aroldis Chapman will never be a guest on her pre or post game show, whatever. She said okay. to say that. But you know, what is she gonna do? Just ignore the fact that the guy's on the mound pitching? I mean that's No, 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 of, no. That's kinda of the spot I'm in too. Like well, what am I supposed it, to do? I, I I totally agree with that. I just I it just seems to me and it's not even it's not you or Susan or or women in general. It's it's more men. That these, uh, to me, these guys should be thrown out of their sports. I mean, if you hit a woman, if if you do something that bad, 
it, it should go beyond a suspension. You know, he got yeah. I think seventy games or sixty five games. It, it's just a bad. It's a bad look. I thought the same thing about Jose Reyes mm-hmm. and Ray Rice. So I mean, it, just go down the list. I mean, yeah, any exactly. Sport. It, it's just a horrible look. But I, again, I'm, like I said, I'm going to listen to. Uh, your podcast with Susan because she, she is the best. Yeah, she, so she's... I just want to say you know thank you for everything and, and you're a great listen. Oh, thank thanks. You. I, I, I will... Joe, I'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast. So if you tweet me or whatever Facebook, I definitely will. Cool. Yeah. No. I mean, here's the thing: Am I supposed to just ignore the fact that Domingo Herman is going to be returning from a suspension of a domestic violence suspension and the fact that he he is he's integral to the Yankees rotation? Am I supposed to just ignore that fact? I mean, it's facts. You can't ignore it. Okay? You hope that, you know, in serving that suspension, in serving, um, I think he had to do some outpatient program, quote-unquote, whatever it is, uh, you know, about learning from his mistakes and all that. You know, okay, that's what MLB says the policy is. That's what the policy is. I mean, he's doing, he's following the books. If you also know me, you know that I I follow the rules in the books. You know that. I mean, I don't really see things as gray area. I think you might know that by now. It's either black or white, and that's it. So if that's what the rule says, Domingo Herman, follow the rules. He will be back as a pitcher in the New York Yankees rotation. That's it. Case closed. You know, I'm going to talk about him as a baseball player. I will probably never interview him. I will probably never stand outside his locker and, and, and get his quotes on a game. But I can't ignore the fact that he is a baseball player and he's an integral part to this Yankees team. Okay? That's that's how we're going to do it. We'll talk about Domingo Herman, the baseball player. We'll talk about, as Aroldis Chapman, the baseball player. And that's all I can do. I mean, really. I have a question for you guys, too. How about the Giancarlo Stanton trade? Knowing what you know now, would you do it today? We'll see. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan. Good morning again, everybody. It is 342 here in New York City, lower Manhattan. I'm Danielle McCartan coming to you from the Mike Francesa studio here at the fan. And March 1st, here we are. I'm looking at the calls on hold. We have an Odell Beckham call, a Mets, MLB, NFL, and a Yankees call. That's just what March 1st brings. I have a tweet um, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Comes from Benjamin Correa. I hope I said that right. He said, good morning. Can you talk about trading for Odell Beckham or just signing A.J. Green? I feel like A.J. would be a better help or bigger help to Sam and the locker room. Save the draft capital and just sign A.J. Green. Thanks for all you do. Uh, ben, I mean, that's that's a great point. And during the break, you know, I'm doing – I didn't do a, a real in-depth comparison between the two of them. But their numbers are comparable. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. and, and A.J. Green have comparable numbers. I look at catch rate. I mean, that's important to me. At the wide receiver, your job is to catch the ball. <laughs> so that for me is important, and they have similar ones. Uh, yards per target, yards per catch, similar. Um, touchdowns, I mean, it's it's all similar. They are similar players. I, I, I give you that. But A.J. Green, first of all, there's two things. One, does he want to stay in Cincinnati? There are conflicting reports. Does He says uh, he, he, you know, Common sense would tell you that he doesn't want to stay in Cincinnati because, yeah, you know, people are telling Joe Burrow to get out of to pull an Eli Manning and get out of the Cincinnati situation. Okay, so we'll just leave that there. Also, you know, how much is he going to cost? 
my favorite website, SpotTrack, has him at about $10 million a year. Okay, that is cheaper than Odell Beckham's contract. And it is cheaper than Robbie Anderson's contract as well. But the problem is, well, oh wait, here's a quote from uh, AJ Green. He says, uh, a franchise tag is not the best thing. I love the city of Cincinnati. I love the team. I always wanted to be here my, my whole career, and I feel like we have the pieces if I were to stay healthy. Well, there you go. That's the other thing I was going to get to. He's First of all, he's 31, and I know that's considered quote-unquote old, right? He never saw the field in 2019. He missed every single game. He had ankle surgery. Okay? So, you know, you're going to take a chance on a guy that didn't see a, the field in 2019? You're going to pay him, you know, $10 million a year to do so? At that point, I think I'd rather take Robbie Anderson. I, I don't know. But then again, you don't have to give up any 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 pieces in order to do that. And Odell Beckham is injured too. So, I, you know, the Jets are in a really precarious situation on what they could do at wide receiver or even in the draft. But I think if you're in the draft and if they're the uh, offensive linemen are available, you do that. You have to, I think, if you're the Jets. I think you go the trade route or the um, – the free agency route for the Jets at, at wide receiver. Because the Jets are are pretty good uh, in cap value, uh, you know, towards the salary cap. A caller a couple calls ago said, do you realize that there's a salary cap in football? <laughs> really? You think I'd be sitting here if I didn't realize that there's a salary cap in football? Come on, bro. Really? Let's head out to the phones. 877-337-6666. We are jammed. This is really good at 3.46 in the morning. So get aboard. Um, there's a phone number. You know it. John in Jamesburg. You're on the fan. Good morning, Daniel. What's up, John? Uh, I want to say you do a great job, and I agree with almost everything you say, just like Cespedes. But Odell is bad news. He's, uh, he's His jersey's hanging up in the back of my closet somewhere because I am a Giant fan. <laughs> but... What he did at the end of the LSU championship game, just his character, that's just poison for a young team. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, and for those of you who, who didn't know, last week we talked about um, he gave the LSU players $100 bills. He ripped instruments away from band members. And by the way, there was a warrant for his arrest in New Orleans because he slapped the, the butt of a cop, or the buttocks, I think the report said, the buttocks of a cop in the postgame locker room. And that was just yeah, was- recently, January, right? Yeah, he did multiple multiple officers, but they caught him on camera with the ones, so they actually pressed the charges right, for the one. Right. But I mean, otherwise, I mean, the Jets have enough trouble between Gaze, Bell, and all the other personalities. They do. They can get a wide receiver like a Slayton in the fourth round. This is a wide receiver depth draft. Right. So and Darius Slayton, mean, and as a Giants fan, John, I appreciate the call. Darius Slayton has done excellent things for the Giants. He. I mean, he he might even be the steal of the draft. You know, the late round, quote unquote, steal of the draft. Darius Slayton, he he was he did awesome for the Giants. I'm so happy for him. I I love when you know they come out of nowhere and do well. And Darius Slayton is the guy. And right, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. and the baggage that comes with him, all that, the kicking net, the Josh Norman WWE brawl that that occurred, the Little Wayne interview, little Lil. At halftime, I'm going to go early and get some fluids. Has he changed? Probably not. And does Adam Guru have the ability and personality to manage him? Probably not. Look no further than Jarvis Landry in Miami. Let's say 2017. 
Landry led the NFL with 112 receptions and made the Pro Bowl for his third straight season. Then there's a fight between him and Adam Gase on the sideline in Week 16. Well, this is 2017, Miami. Gase said after that, we were going on our last drive, and two of our best offensive players uh, aren't in there. It's very frustrating to watch. We need way better control from our best players in the heat of the moment. Well, how about from their coach as well, right? And then Landry, after the trade to Cleveland, where the Browns got him at a bargain price because Gase couldn't stand him, he said, I just felt like for some reason Adam sent me here to die. Yeah. Guru, Adam Guru, does not have the chops to handle Odell Beckham Jr. It's a pipe dream. I know that. Adam Guru can't even handle... Le'Veon Bell, one of the top backs in the league if he knew how to use him. So, yeah, I know. I know. Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to be a Jet. I know that. But I think it's it's worthy to look into. But I know Adam Guru won't. Tom in North Brunswick, you're on the fan. How's it going, Daniel? What's Daniel? up? What's up? Uh, well, I want to talk about Alonzo, but real quick, you yeah. know, the, uh, I don't know if you watch the Jets games or a lot of people out there. Yes, they need a, a line, an offensive line. But there was a lot of times when he had, he was running around and he was looking for an open receiver and none of them got open. That's so right. Beckham, mm-hmm. you know, so Beckham's a superstar. So mm-hmm. I understand that uh, he has some uh, little strange at wacky ways what he does. But, uh, you know, it's not that, I think it's a pretty good idea. But real quick. Yep. Uh, Aaron, I uh, call and brought up Aaron Judge. The reason why Judge only hit 27 home runs the second year because he got injured. That's right. If he didn't get injured, he probably would have hit 50 again because that's how good he is. Yeah, well, he had so a, the oblique as, injury. Yeah, what was it, like 90, yeah. 90 days or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, Judge is a great player, but he you know, he, he got injured and all that. But So if Alonzo stays healthy, and he played 160 games, so you know he should you know, get close to that again. I mean, uh, I, it drives me crazy. Oh, he's never going to do it again. Had to, first of all, he did it, he had, and he had a historic year. Yeah, I think he was third in the National League history in rookies with runs batted in, too. Mm-hmm. You know, in the National League, I think it was, it was either third or fourth in history. He drove 120 runs in, too. That's And he had his season, he didn't, like, hit home runs in bunches. It was spread out even all throughout the whole year. He's a great player. Peter Alonso really is, is an excellent player. And and, and if, you, if you're a fan from the beginning here of my show, I, I was questioning... Where is he? He's he's absolutely killing it in in the Las Vegas league with the Mets. He yeah, was killing it, and and Jeff McNeil too. Yeah. What took them so long to bring these guys up? Yeah, the, the Mets are very uh, harsh. You know, not harsh, but they're very uh, slow to bring up players. But you know what, Danielle? Real quick, I know yeah. it's on the call. No, Thank go ahead. you. But uh, take your time. You know, everybody keeps saying the Mets are not. Oh, they can't win the Mets. Let, uh, let me say this: uh, the Nationals are defending champions. Yep. But they lost a huge bat. They're still going to be good. But they can you imagine the Mets uh, let a free agent go? Like you know, I had 126 runs batted in. I know the whole city would go crazy. So, <laughs> but they're going to be good. But I think the Mets. You know what? I think we're on a collision course for a Met Yankee World Series. And I know you know people are going to. I really believe the Mets are good. The bullpen is the key. Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, they, they didn't just blow saves; they blew games. And that uh, Diaz is going to have to. I cannot understand what's wrong with him. He was so good in Seattle. Uh, so I, I don't know. What's, uh, they said a slider in New York, whatever. But they'll, they'll, if he doesn't do well, they'll pull him right away and they'll put the chances to the closing. But then you'll have a good day today. Hey, Tom, you too. Thanks for the call. And, and always a good call there, Tom. Um, two things. Uh, why can't he pitch in 
New York, you know, one of the things when Carlos Beltran was was hired as manager of the Mets, and I saw a quote from Edwin Diaz that kind of really stuck out to me, and, and, you know, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was something along the line, I'm going to paraphrase it here, something along the lines of that he was looking forward to working with Carlos Beltran, with whom he had a relationship, and that he can help him sort of kind of navigate New York. I think Edwin Diaz is having a really tough time pitching in New York. You know, and I know we're not doing any him any favors and talking about him after his one appearance in in uh, the uh, spring training game. I know that, you know, but you have to talk about it, right? So I, I think that Edwin Diaz is struggling with pitching in New York. That's what I think, and it's just based on that quote that he said about he's looking to Carlos Beltran to help him kind of reacclimate himself with uh, with the mound and and everything and with the pressure. Then the other thing I wanted to say, based on that call, Tom's call, Tom's call was um, Pete Alonso. The Mets used him in many different, and and this is piggybacking. I hate that word, but this is piggybacking on a call that had happened earlier in the night, where someone asked if um, he could redo what he did last year in, in the amount of home runs that he hit. Well, the thing is. It, it depends on where Luis Rojas puts him in the order, like I said before. Is he going to put him where he is going to be the guy that has to come through in the clutch, like let's say batting fourth, or is he going to be the guy that is, is being protected in the order? And baseball reference I go back to. Alonzo last year was used in, in many different slots, but for the most part he batted second, third, or fourth. Okay? Let me tell you something. Pete Alonso in a Mets order, when he was batting fourth, when he was that guy, when he was the guy that that needed to come through, only 11 of his home runs came then. Only 11 of his home runs. And he posted the worst on-base percentage in the batting fourth. Okay? So the best numbers that he put up is when he's actually batting second. See, if I'm the Mets, I'd have him batting third which he did okay with. He had 44 home runs and, and batting third, but he had 50, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 15 home runs batting third. I'm looking at RBIs. 15 home runs batting third, and 26 of them came batting second. So what this tells me, right, I'm not just spewing numbers, but what this tells me is the fact that Peter Alonso um, thrives when he's the guy that is not being relied upon to... Come, th- come through, quote-unquote. When he is being protected, he hits he hit the most home runs. He's got the highest on-base percentage of all, all of them and the highest batting average. You know what I mean? And even and, and further to prove the point is when he, when he batted ninth, there were three games he batted ninth, right? At bats, three. Hits, one. So he bats 333. Right, but his on base plus slugging is like over a thousand because he hit a home run, a th- probably a, th- a home run, a three run home run in that spot, ninth. So I'm telling you, you can't have Peter Alonso be your cleanup hitter if you're the Mets. You just can't. That's not a productive spot for him. So the numbers are telling me that he does his best in batting second. Okay, so what do you do? Maybe you put Nimmo first, but I like the Nimmo McNeil could. You know, at the top, I love that. I like that. 
So what if he did this? What if he did? Uh, see, I don't like Kano at the top either. I just wish they would like give up on that. I, what if he did Nimmo one, McNeil two, Alonzo three, Conforto four. I mean, Conforto is poised to have a huge year, isn't he? Right? Isn't it time? Then you go maybe Cespedes five. Then you go, I, I take your pick after that, really. It's got to be probably Cano at six. Then Rosario, you'd think. And down from there. But I don't know. I, I just, what this tells me is that Peter Alonso can't be the guy at four. He's got to be protected in the lineup. And that's and that's how you have to handle it. And if he can do that, if the, the Mets can figure out a way to do that, who, who knows what he can accomplish. And I hope that he does put up those same numbers. Man, he's a fun player to watch. Okay, well, uh, we have to hit the break. Um, this is sort of a long one, so hang hang on hold. I know their lines are jammed, so just hang there. It's going to be real quick, uh, I hope. Um, but Marco's going to come in for the update at 4 o'clock. So uh, we're going to start the hour, 4 o'clock hour, with, with all of your calls, 877-337-6666. I hope that you hang there. I will get to you, I promise you. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Danielle McCartan, Sports Radio 1019 FM. Welcome back, everybody. We are initiating our second hour here on McCartan After Midnight. Um, Started at 2. It's now 4.06. I guess technically we're in our third hour. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I'm losing track of time here. (laughs) I am on till 6 in the morning. I'm with you guys till 6 in the morning. Uh, We have a ton of calls on hold. I definitely want to get to all those. Um, we have everything, really. It's been a mishmash of things tonight, as it always is at this time of year. I'm learning. Um, it's been Yankees. It's been Mets. It's been Odell Beckham to the Jets. It's been a little bit of NFL Combine, um, which I was just watching the highlights here on, on the TV monitor in the studio. Um, and my question to you is, who plays more games this season? Do Ennis Cespedes or Giancarlo Stanton? That's been a question we've also talked about tonight. And listen, reexamining that Giancarlo Stanton trade, would you do it again today? Real quick, you know, as as you know, I think I, the first I saw was from Lindsay Adler of The Athletic and Twitter Friday morning. She wrote, Giancarlo Stanton said he injured his calf running in the outfield on a redirect. He said he was not surprised when the MRI found the strain. The strain, quote, makes it seem like I didn't take care of myself, end quote, this offseason. And uh, Lindsay said that Giancarlo used the word frustration, doesn't begin to cover it. Well, he yet doesn't know when he's going to be able to return base to baseball activities. So um, maybe we should start calling him Giancarlo Ellsbury, maybe. Uh, uh, Yankee Universe is frustrated beyond belief as well. And since being traded to New York, Giancarlo Stan has only played in 176 of 324 regular season games. I'm no mathematician, that's, but that sounds about half to me. And would you make the trade today? First of all, I need to preface this by saying I was not making the trade then. I wouldn't make the trade then, and I still wouldn't make the trade now. And a quick uh, response on Twitter, and I'll get back to your calls momentarily. At uh, Alan Dexter 2020 says, "In no way, in no way that I would make that deal of that nature to any player unless I had many team options and buyouts, no exception, and that includes Cole. Stanton was only a good trade on assets given up, but the backload of the contract is insane, especially at age 34." And we can look at the, the dollars and we can look at the assets given up. But in conclusion, I wouldn't have done it then. And I'm still not doing it now. Giancarlo Stanton, there was no room for him then. And really, with, with uh, Clint Frazier, I mean, is there really room for him now? 
I, Clint Frazier can can rake. We'll see what the Yankees do with him. Are, is he really going to get a fair shot? I mean, maybe with Hicks out, and maybe with Stanton out, and maybe with Judge out. You know, maybe he will. We'll see. Tony in Providence, you're on the fan. Tony. Whoop. Tony, are you there? Yes. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. My first thing, you always do a great job, number one. Oh, thank I you. I that. And um, for the baseball, I'm worried about the Yankees. Uh, who's the coach for strength and conditioning? Because this happened before. Say that again. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean Yankee players get, seem to get hurt a lot. I mean, oh, this is yeah. two years in a row now. Right? Well, I know two? it, but they they trained they they. They fired the, the old training staff. They got a new one in to try to combat that, and, and here we are. Right. So that's as far as we're speaking. I mean, you have key pitches going down, and then obviously the other one's been hurt before. Give me a break. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's frustrating, frustrating as a fan because this has happened before. So you're right. They corrected the problem temporarily, but obviously the new coaches, it's got to be something. I mean, you don't see other teams having that same problem with major players. I mean, we saw the year last year, the year before, when it made your injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they persevered. So, you know, if you're a Yankee fan, you're like, all right, are they going to persevere again this year? Can they do it twice in a row? Right. And it was and our pitching was a kind of a weakness because we have the hitting, and now we have all these pitching, and everyone was looking forward to our great pitching staff because of the rotation. I mean, uh, thank God for so Garrett far. Cole, right, Tony? Yeah. We got him. But, um, and you know how I feel about the Astros. Uh, I mean, they should really have harsher penalties. Harsher penalties uh, is not enough. Um, and the other thing is about football. I guess the calendar um, uh, maybe extended because uh, they haven't signed on the players' union. Well, there was no agreement. Yeah. So that's big news. And obviously the Brady watch. I mean, that story's everywhere. But, I mean, how do you feel if you're a free agent? It's all about him. I mean, there's other players in the league. And the biggest way has always been the players are all a team. Not one is bigger than the other. And I still think he's gone. Um, but I mean, just after a while, it's getting monotonous now. I mean, this has to come to an end. Yeah, to- Tony, I agree with you. And thanks for the call, as always. Um, yeah, I think that with uh, the problem with the Tom Brady thing, I mean – it's out there. His whole entire decision is being held up by this this vote that's happening, I think, early this week, coming up, maybe Monday or Tuesday. Um, and the major sticking points, we can talk about it, but, I mean, the major sticking point for many players is the, is the addition of that 17th game to the regular season. And, you know, I think that, I think that it, for them to have to play one more game, Okay, and I'm not an NFL player, right? But that's the main sticking point, right? The players don't want to play in 17 games for health and safety concerns, which I obviously get that. And the players have doubts also over the owner's projections of how much money it would generate. So, I mean, there's outspoken players. There's players for it and against it. Um, J.J. Watt, who is not the player rep for the Texans, has said it's a hard no on that proposed CBA. But there's some other things. The in, in 2020, the playoff field would be expanded to seven teams for each conference, and only one team from each conference would receive a first-round bye, as opposed to the two that, that do now. I mean, well, I like it for number one. It puts major emphasis on locking up that first seed to earn the first-round bye. And why should there be two anyway? And I also like it because number two, 
The drop-off between play, playoff teams in the NFL is probably the least pronounced across all of professional sports. Really, there isn't one. So while the Titans upset the Patriots was wildly exciting for everyone outside of New England, fans would love to see more of those games, and that sets it up. And it's just some other things. Um, the elimination of, of any game suspensions strictly for positive marijuana tests, a, reduc- a reduction of the number of players subjected for testing for, for marijuana, these are this is this is interesting to me. These next two gambling definitions that ensure players receive a portion of gambling revenue brought in by the league. We know that gambling is a huge thing, right? So now players are going to get a little p- portion of that. It's a literal billion dollar industry. What is the players' cut, and is it contingent upon anything? I'd like to know. And again, Pete Rose, will it impact the game? So I'd like to know more about that. You know, as if I'm voting. (laughs) Then the other thing, probably really big for me, is that the league and the union would establish a neutral arbiter for most discipline cases instead of having the commissioner preside over all of them. That I like. Because why should it be one guy that determines everything? Rob Manfred. Should be a committee. And again, minimum salaries would rise by as much as 20% in the first year of the deal and go up throughout it. Practice squad players would grow. I mean, there's a lot of things to like. So if if I'm voting, if I'm a player, and if, if I'm voting, I don't put my body on the line, including my brain, like these, these guys do. I heard on TV that the, the average length of a career in the NFL is three years. So I'd try to make as much money as possible with an increased minimum salary to 610000 up from 500000 and getting a share of the league's gambling revenue, plus... A lessened workload in the offseason and in the preseason, plus, and another shot, another slot for my team to make the playoffs with the bonuses that come along with that. You know, every Chiefs player received a check for $124,000 after winning the Super Bowl, by the way. All that with a discipline board rather than end-all, be-all with the out-of-touch and inconsistent commissioner, all to play one more game. Where do I sign? I'm in on it. Let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666 is the number. Mikey and Bridgewater, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How you doing? What's up, Mike? Oh, nothing. I mean, you know, I, I want to touch on the Stanton thing, but that lineup you, you named for the match before, that sounds a little scary. I'm a Yankees fan, and uh, I, I always think it's more interesting when both teams in New York are uh, playing uh, at a high level, and I, I look it. forward to yeah. hopefully seeing that. Yep, I love but, it. But um, as far as Stanton goes, like, I would make that trade even today, especially, you know, you, you get them next to nothing. I mean, on the back end, obviously, I think it's a little laughable to compare it to Ellsbury right now. And I say that just because when we brought in A-Rod, he didn't perform very well until he had that magical postseason run in 2009. And, you know, I'm looking at it, Stanton just turned 30. He's in the prime of his career. Yes, he's been hurt a lot, but, I mean, I see a lot of upside to him you know, minus the injury, and I know that's obviously the biggest thing, but, you know, I'm holding on to hope with Stanton because I feel like with all the injuries we have, you know, if he can come back and even, you know, contribute to a a serious run because I'm I'm praying that the Yankees can do it two years in a row with all the injuries. I don't see it happening, but obviously I I hope that they, they have everything that they need and, I, I'm just saying I would make that trade even today because just, you know, we got him for basically, I feel like Jeter gifted him to us. 
And, and I, 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 I agree with you. Go ahead. That, you know, I agree with you saying, you know, we really didn't need him at the time, but you're talking about, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, and that's a, that's a big bat to have if he's healthy. Right, and, and Mikey, that, that's the exact line of reasoning I had. I, I tried to rationalize. That's the exact line of reasoning, but think about this. If, you know, I know they didn't give up a ton of prospects, you know, the, the one guy hasn't even made it to the, the – neither of them have seen MLB action yet. Okay, that's fine. But look at that contract. The Yankees are on the hook for $259 million over 10 years, okay, through 2029. And But there's a club option in 2028 with a $10 million buyout. But let's just say you get – you know, he's, you're on the hook for all that much money. Okay, does that block you from signing Glaber Torres long-term when his rookie deal's up? Aaron Judge we talked about before. Um, let's say Gary Sanchez if they decide to keep these guys. So is that – is he blocking the Yankees from making any long-term moves for their setting up their future? That's the problem I have with it. Yeah, I agree with that. You're not wrong there. However, I don't, I don't see us. Uh, you know, I mean, me personally, I, I don't. I, I'm not a very big fan of Gary Sanchez, but uh, obviously Aaron Judge, I would love to see that man a Yankee his entire career. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Glaber Torres. That right. doesn't block it. I'm sure you know it's not going to help. But even if. Uh, you know, if we get two, three solid years out of the next seven years from him and, and get a couple World Series out of it, all, all said and done, in my eyes, it was worth it. But, you know, when you when you do bring up blocking all the other players, yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. Because if we lost Aaron Judge because we couldn't pay him for Mike Stanton, you know, I wouldn't be too thrilled. Giancarlo Stanton. No, well, Giancarlo, not Mike Stanton. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Exactly. I know. And I know. You know. Um, and then and thanks for the call, Mikey. And just I'm just trying to get you guys to think, right? And then my other question is, along those lines, is, is Giancarlo Stanton a choke artist? Okay? Because I looked. I went back and I looked. 2018 postseason, he had 22 plate appearances. Five hits. One of them was a home run. But we talk about meaningless home runs. That was a meaningless home run. It, it, it added a seventh run in the eighth inning of a wild card game. The Yankees were already leading 6-2. I mean, come on. They had a four-game division loss, series loss to Boston. Stanton came to the plate 11 times with runners on base, failed to drive in a single run. Okay? Five of those 11 potentially productive at-bats were strikeouts. The sixth was a double play. I'm like, okay, let me look in 2019. 18 official at-bats in the postseason in 2019. Three hits, one of which was a home run. But he also struck out five times. For the postseason as a whole, Stanton came to the plate with 10 runners on base, stranded nine of them. Okay? It's postseason production. It's, it's not the best. So w- when the Yankees are putting together that lineup at, you know, this year, the, the roster, the 2019 postseason roster, you know, I mean, you got to keep him in the lineup for the, for the dollars that he was making, but you got there. I was on here saying this. You got there. With the guys like Urshela and, and and Voight and those guys, that's what you got there with. That's what they should have went with. Sorry, as you could tell, I can't get behind John Carlos Stanton. As you could tell. <laughs> okay, more of your calls after the break. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. This is a quick one. Marcos here for the update. Good morning again, everybody. I have, I love the Twitter poll feature, and I just created a brand new Twitter poll. You guys can go over to at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, cast your vote. My question is, 
what we were just talking about, the John Carlos Stanton trade today, knowing what you know now, would you still make that trade today? That's my question. We got two hours left on the poll. Get in there. Get your vote. Um, because, yes, the Yankees didn't give up a lot of talent, right? But what about the money part, okay? I asked it just before. I'll ask it now. What happens when they have to pay Judge, Torres, Sanchez, and Duhar even? You know that Hal Steinbrenner isn't his father. And, no, you don't need to mansplain it to me. I know there's no salary cap in baseball, but there is a luxury tax, and there are penalties for going over that luxury tax years and years in a row, for sure. There's different levels of it. Okay, what about the fact that John Carlos Stanton has, has blocked Clint Frazier from reaching the major leagues? Okay, besides the money, you know, what about the other pieces? Short term, okay, it was a good move. Neither of the guys that the Yankees gave up have played a single inning in the major leagues. Guzman, the, the, the rap on him is that he lacks control and command. Devers, shortstop, is, is the system's number 10 prospect. Okay, but at only 22, he batted 322 in Class A ball last year. They're saying that his strike zone judgment is, is described as unusual for his age. So long term, by the time the Giancarlo Stanton has a few more gray hairs, Devers might really catch on. So we don't really know. But my question is, knowing what you know now, would you do it today? Today, March 1st, 2020. <laughs> and just a quick, I just, I like peeking at this. I, my choices were yes, absolutely, or no way. We've got nine votes. All of them are for no way. And John Launch, at John Launch says, guys like Stanton and Judge make me think there's too much focus on weight training and not enough on stretching, being limber, and cardio. Totally agree. Look at a guy like Pete Alonso, 50 home runs, and while he's in great shape, he doesn't look like he's trying <laughs> to be the main event at WrestleMania. I'm going to hit like on that and retweet. Yeah, you're right. And Dominic Dom 44 Cottrell 10 says, didn't want it then, I wanted Harper. Well, well, we, should, we could do that comparison. Who's be, Who would be the better deal at that point, Stanton or Harper? I don't know. I, that I, I don't have an answer for. Let's go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. Let's go to Andy in Miami. You're on the fan. Oh, Danielle, it's great to hear your voice. You're worth waking up early on Sunday mornings for. I appreciate that, Andy. What do you got for me this week? I got all fired up when I heard that caller who had a strangely suspicious uh, Boston accent <laughs> complaining about how the Astros um, didn't really win anything from cheating. And look at uh, how could you dare mention uh, Domingo Herman's name out of your mouth? Right. Well, I, I have a I've been waiting patiently. Okay. So here's my here's my response. Number one, correct me if I'm wrong. The Astros had Roberto Osuna, who had a domestic violence case, where that big phony Justin Verlander said, "How dare the Blue Jays re-sign Osuna?" And then I, or maybe it was Roberto. Yeah, Roberto Osuna. And I don't remember Justin Verlander saying much when Osuna came to the Astros. Oh, Justin, in fact, what I yeah, Justin go Verlander ahead. is uh, absent in a lot of things that he he tries to, uh, you know. He says a lot, but then when it affects his team, he has nothing to say is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you're exactly right. And, I mean, he's the first one out of the box anytime anybody else does anything. And he, he said, I, I didn't do enough. Well, I oh. think he should change that, too. I didn't do anything. Right. When he was with Detroit, he had such a stance about cheating, and then nothing when he went to Houston. Nothing. No, 
Nothing. And if you remember, just to carry on this domestic violence, actually the Astros assistant GM says their whole team was so arrogant Mm -hmm. and so hated throughout baseball. I remember, of all people, Susan Waldman saying how outrageous it was that the assistant GM was mocking female reporters, saying, you didn't want us to get Osuna. Look, we got Osuna. And then the Astros organization denied that he said that, and the female reporter had a tape, and then he had to be fired in the middle of postseason, and the Astros had to give an apology, and that's before the cheating ban. Yep. So they're disgusting all the way around the horn. Yep. That's number one. Number two, I listened carefully to what you said about Domingo Herman. You didn't say anything about Domingo Herman being a good guy. I did not. You didn't say anything about, no, you didn't say he's a stand-up guy. What you said is he's coming back after a 60-game suspension where you're a sportscaster and you're stating a fact. I mean, the fact that Domingo Herman did some domestic violence is disgusting. Right. The, I also have a wife and two daughters, just like that caller did. I do not think that you in any way were endorsing Domingo Herman. You were just simply stating, as a sportscaster, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, the man's coming back from a 60-game suspension. And you know what? That 60-game suspension is 60 more games than anybody on the Astros sat. I mean, yes, 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 yes. Retweet to that all day, Andy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and by the way, while we're on Jim's New England accent, this is the reason for my call. What's going on with the Red Sox investigation? Yeah. I mean, this that? Team was a, where is that? And that was supposed to be over like three, three weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Right. Yep. And they've had to re-interview people. I read why they haven't come to a conclusion. They said some people have to be re-interviewed. Re-interviewed about what? what? Right. I mean, you've already got your manager fired, who happened to have been the bench coach for the Astros. And I'm sorry, that better be more than a year's suspension. And it's nothing personal as a Yankees fan against Cora. But when you're the bench coach for the Astros, and then you're the manager for the Red Sox, and there's back-to-back World Series and back-to-back cheating scandals, you know, you have something to do with it. Um, Yes. (laughs) Andy, you're, you're speaking a lot of truth tonight. Yes. Well, you and I speak the same language. And while we're on that topic, let's just go a little bit further. I mean, the reason there's so much anger towards what the Astros did is because the penalty was so light. So this is a chance for the commissioner, who I despise ever since he wanted to, if you remember, he wanted to eliminate a lot of cities from having minor Minor league league baseball, baseball. Yep. which... I mean, if you know anything about being in those cities, and I've worked in some of those cities over the summer, are very reliant on their minor league baseball teams and support them, and has not talked at all about raising the minimum wage for minor league baseball players who really, really make no money. Right. Um, this is a chance for him to get it right. Now, I'm not saying if the Red Sox, and I'll admit, as a Yankee fan, I don't think the Red Sox cheating scandal was to the point where they had video cameras in center field. But it was something. And if he whiffs on this again, Mama Luke, I mean, 0 for 2? I, look, I would like to think that part of the reason that they haven't uh, come out is because they saw how much having no response to the Astros didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's going to – I mean, the fact that it's leaking into the season I think is absolutely ridiculous. Right. I've told you previously, Danielle – I don't know why no international pool money was taken from the Astros. And I'll tell you, I told you this once before, I'll tell you again. They said they cheated in 2017. They said they cheated in 2018, but not in 2019. I think that's absurd. Yeah, it automatically stopped. Yeah, okay. Right. 
Right. I mean, and, and no one ever talks about the 2018 cheating. What, just because they didn't win, they still cheated. Right. And the commissioner said they cheated in 2018. So I'm sorry. They got to the World Series in 2019. The Nationals players said they heard the same whistling that the Yankees players did. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, they have another chance. They can still investigate the 2019 Astros. I'm all fired up, and I'll just leave you with this. The first time I ever called you, I asked you about Clint Frazier, because in June and July, um, before he had the yips in the outfield, I, he was raking. And I like Tauchman. I like Ford. But the difference between Tauchman and Ford is that at one point, I think he was the number two prospect in the Indians when they traded their reliever uh, and got him. He was the centerpiece of that trade. And I'm sorry, you know, when he was up in the summer, he was raking. So I know he, you know, they, he may be a little bit immature when it came to the social media, but the guy can rake. And if you already know Judge is hurt and you already know Stanton's out, they have to give him a shot. And Hicks. Danielle. Yep. And, and Hicks. So, Danielle, I will listen to you. I know you've let me rant a little bit, but I feel the same way you do, and I'm really fired up. Andy, thanks for the call. I could not have said it better myself. And by the way, the Nationals, when they beat the Astros, they were getting tips from the other teams on how to defeat the cheating, by the way, in 2019, that is. Okay? Reopen an investigation. I say it pretty much every single week. You have the opportunity to do it, Rob Manfred. Do it, please. And where is that Red Sox report? Jim and Lindbrook, you're on the fan. Hey, how are you doing? What's up? So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on two of the the, uh, topics that you brought up tonight. Um, the first was on uh, Odell Beckham going to the Jets, mm-hmm. which couldn't be <clears throat> more than the worst thing that you've ever seen. I mean, the guy, <clears throat> excuse me, is coming off a surgically repaired leg. Uh, he's got screws in his ankles, and you know he was clearly missing speed last year, and just can't get separation from wide receivers anymore. And he's 28 years old. That's bad enough. That's the physical problems, and then you've got the kind of off the field problems. Um, you know, nobody talks about it, but this guy was in a hotel room full of. Okay. That's where that's going to stop. By the way, Odo Beckham Jr. is, uh, 27 years old. And, uh, he, uh, didn't have it last year again because his quarterback couldn't throw him the ball. And when he did throw on the ball, he had to split his time between him and and Jarvis Landry. That's why. And sure, he's injured. He was injured. I'm sure. But guess what? The Jets can get, to, they could. I mean, you're t- people are talking to A.J. Green. The Jets could get 2015 Odell Beckham Jr., the one with 13 touchdowns. Or they can get the Odell Beckham Jr. with 13 touchdowns over the last three seasons combined. I mean, I know, listen, it's not going to happen because Adam Guru can't handle him. Adam Guru can't handle Odell Beckham Jr. He couldn't, like like he couldn't handle Jarvis Landry in Miami. It's not going to happen. But Odell Beckham as a player, for me, it's, it's worth the risk. I mean, he would stretch the field for Sam Darnold. He would open up the field for him. And would the question is, would he be the final piece for the Jets to win the AFC East? No, he wouldn't. The Jets need a cornerback more than they need Odell Beckham Jr. I know that. And then, yes, a caller before brought up Darius Slayton. Yes, we can get a Darius Slayton situation in here. And in Joe Douglas, I trust. But not in Adam Guru.
Mike in Ramtown, you're on the fan. Hey, how you doing, Coach Daniel? What's up? Good. Uh, I was listening to you talk about uh, Alonzo before in his uh, batting order lineup, and I just wanted to touch on Odell uh, just before I hang up, but quickly. Um, I mean, where do you think that Alonzo should hit? I know I heard you mention it before and based on, you know, like his home run totals, but Mm -hmm. you think second is ideal? He's most productive in the second, in the number two slot, but I wouldn't put him there. I'd, I'd put him in three. I'd say three. Okay, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I like him at 3-2. It's just funny. I'm looking at the numbers from last year. So, second spot, one home run every 10 and a half at-bats. Yep. Third spot, one home run every 14 at-bats. Mm-hmm. Fourth spot, one home run every 9.3 at-bats. Highest on base percentage is at 2. Yep. Uh, highest, uh, you know, uh, you know o- OPS, yeah. you know, is... is is that is that two as well, mm-hmm. and you know three and four switch around a little bit, right? But that two spot, almost like what the Yankees did with Judge, I know. Like it's it, I, 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 that's not like where my roots are from, but it seems tempting. I know it does. I mean, they can experiment with it, but and then what do you do? You just bump everybody up. You put what a uh, Conforto at three at that point, and then you put Cespedes. Well, at with four? Conforto and Cespedes, I think that I think it makes it feasible. You know, like, you know, we can try it out. If right. there wasn't, like, power behind it, then right. I wouldn't even consider it, exactly. you know? Because, yep. uh, obviously, like, ideally, you'd like Alonzo to be your, you know, big power guy. But if those two guys, and I know that's a big if, you know, as a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a chance to it, you know? So it may be a little experiment. You know, hey, it worked with the Yankees with Judge. You know, he likes that spot. He's comfortable there. Right. And quickly, we're up against the break a little bit. But and quickly, uh, on quickly, quickly on Odell, I know you're an Odell fan. But, I mean, just as, like, Darnold, you know, hey, Odell could stretch the field, and Le'Veon could do some things, but Gates hasn't gotten guys to do things in the past. Right. And I know you want to surround a young quarterback with weapons, but do you want to surround them with poison? Danielle, you do a great job. Love listening to you whenever you're on. You have a good evening. Mike, that's a great question, and a great question I had to break with. Um, Poetic, almost. (laughs) Uh, More of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. We have one slot open. It has your name all over. Give me a call. I'm Danielle McCartan here on The Fan. I, Marufo, have asked the million-dollar question this morning here on McCartan After Midnight and in the form of a Twitter poll, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A. And my question is, the John Carlos Stanton trade, knowing what you know now, would you do it today? Get your vote in there, guys. 90 I'm going to round down. 94% of you guys say, no way. You would not make the trade today. A couple of responses. At NYC Schooner 75. No, the Yankees don't and didn't need to deal for him. The Yankees did Jeter a favor by taking that contract off of his hands. We've got, uh, I read that one already. Um, At Alan Dexter 2020, again, says, never. You would have two players with huge contracts tied up and no trade clauses. That gives them no flexibility to sign their top players or get them in trades. Never would have made the trade in the first place, says Antonio Morales. Uh, And he would have traded Sanchez for Real Muto when he had the chance. And he's also cautious to hand out a mega deal judge. Benjamin Correa says no way, but if there's a waiting to see after this season choice, he would have selected that. And then Maria Accardi finally says... The evil empire got greedy when they traded for Stanton. The Yankees and their fans are not happy until they have an all-star at every position. I'm sure we've got some Yankee fans that 
are going to come back at you, Maria. Be ready. Be ready, Maria. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We are full. 877-337-6666. Get aboard, everybody. Jeff in Fairview, you're on the fan. Hey there, Jeff. What's up, Jeff? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great show. Great show. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for hanging on, too. Oh, no problem. like to talk about the Mets. Yep. But first on the, the Stanton deal, I think Cashman just did it because he don't want, like, Boston or the Astros to get him. Oh, so he played yeah, defense. It was definitely overkill. They didn't need him. Mm-hmm. They, they had a good hit in after mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't care. I'm, I'm a Mets fan. All right. What's, a, what's your Mets point? All right. A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped. I am pumped for this year. We've got some starting pitching depth. Walker, Porcello. I have a feeling one of them, I have a feeling it's going to be Walker. He's going to have a good year. Mm-hmm. Porcello, I think maybe he'll be, you know, if we can get if he, two games over 500, I'll sign up for that right now. They got the improved bullpen with Patanzas, which I think he should be the closer. Wilson, Lugo. Now, you know, Gazelman and Diaz, they have to pitch better. Yep. You know, Diaz stunk. Gazelman wasn't good last year. He's got to be better. That's the bandos. Uh, they can hit. I am worried about the catching, throwing up guys at second base runners. Yeah, because we got embarrassed last year. Yeah, the, the, there was a hundred. I think it was one hundred and thirty-six bases stolen against the Mets last season, most in the entire MLB. That's a cause for concern. That goes yeah. under the radar. We talked about it last yeah. week, though. Yeah. Well, when we were in the you know the pennant race at the end of the season. The Braves and the Nationals totally embarrassed us there. Yep. Ran all over you know? them. Yeah, they did. So they, I mean, the other day, uh, uh, Ramos, as uh, was last Saturday, did throw someone out a second, and that, that was a good sign, but you know, I still don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Cano, you know, his range is not good. Like, I mean, he makes the easy plays. You know, he's good with that, but his range is not as good. But I am not worried about everybody saying that Nemo's defense and Santa, I'm not worried about Nemo's defense in Santa. He ain't that bad out there. I agree. And I'm and Rosario, the shorts I have a very good second half defensively and offensively. You so know why, Jeff? They, Did you know why that why? his defensive was so much better in the second half? Why? Because he hit the video replay room or whatever, the video analytics room, and he realized that he when the ball was crossing the plate, he right. realized that he wasn't down he was still standing upright and when he got okay. himself down when the ball crossed the plate that led to his his acceleration defensively i, I swear i read an article uh, uh, no i believe that. i mean he he picked it out or someone picked it out for him uh, someone picked it out for him and then then they worked uh, on it well whoever did it's a good job by them right i agree yeah 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 i'm he's good and he could hit too i mean this guy you know he just came out of nowhere and and I mean, he's not going to be a Derek Jeter or, you know, the other guy on the Yankees now, Torres, but this guy's underrated. I mean, they could hit all over the place. McNeil, Alonzo, Porto. Yep. Imagine Cespedes if he's healthy. <laughs> if he plays right? a couple games. <laughs> right, I don't know. Man. What do you think he's going to play? <laughs> oh. More than Stanton. That's my guess. Because he's in a contract yeah, here. Uh, he wants a new deal. That's true. And to make up some money that he lost over the last one. <laughs> Yeah, he's only getting like six million this year. I guess he got some incentives still. You, you got Ramos could hit. He can't. You know, he ain't, ain't a good thrower, but the guy can hit. 
Rosario, we mentioned. J.D. Davis yeah. could hit. Nimmo gets on base. I mean, they're going to score some runs. Yeah. Yep, and, and and their liability is their bullpen. Jeff, Jeff thanks for the call, and you, you covered all the bases, no pun intended there. Uh, but another name to watch, Mets fans, Andres Jimenez, or Jimenez, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Another shortstop coming up. He's the Mets' top position player prospect. He had the game-winning at-bat Friday with a go-ahead solo home run in the eighth inning. He's 4 for 12 with two extra base hits so far this camp. Obviously, he's going to start with the with AAA, but you love as a coach, you love the competition from within, and he's going to give Ahmed Rosario a little bit of competition. But the other problem I have, which is kind of peripheral to that, is the remaining four years on Robinson Cano's contract, which I didn't want him to begin with. He's blocking Cano is blocking Jeff McNeil from playing his best defensive position. Now, if you factor out Robinson Cano, even if you are going to keep McNeil at third base. Jimenez has literally the same exact fielding percentage, only off by two hundredths of a point between shortstop and second base. So ideally, you'd have Alonzo at first, Jimenez at second, Rosario at short, and McNeil at third. That's how I would do it. And, you know, his defense is good, but his offense has to come along, and, and Rojas knows that. But he's added a leg kick to his swing, uh, this Jimenez. And in the Arizona Fall League, which was just most recently, 70 at-bats. He had a 371 batting average. On on base plus slugging, 999. Keep an eye on him. I would say maybe a call-up. Just that whole Cano thing is just a huge blocker. Stuart in Brooklyn, you're on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. What's up, Stuart? I'm good. How are you? All right. Danielle, there was no way on this planet that I would have ever gone and gotten John Carlos Santos. No way. There was no way they needed him. They had outfielders in the system. Right. It's it's totally ridiculous. And now you've got Garrett Cole's contract on top of it. Right. And look where we are. We're stuck with with, um, Stanton. Stanton. And uh, we now you're saying we have to pay Judge and Sanchez and Torres and Andujar and all those guys. Yeah, but there's one little thing with Judge and Stan- and Sanchez: injuries, mm-hmm. injuries, injuries, injuries. That's a, that's a problem also, and that might prevent them from getting all that big money that that, that their eyes are looking at. Because who's going to want play, 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 pay players to go on the field and get hurt? Right. And it's, uh, this new training staff, I don't know what they're doing, but it's not, obviously, as of now, it's not working properly because they, they're still getting hurt. And they don't know what's wrong with Judge. And uh, we have to wait and see. I mean, the MRI came clean, but then there's more battery tests, and mm-hmm. they said the same thing with Seve, that he, he just has a little discomfort. And look, we're back. We're going to be back in the, uh, June of 2021. Yep. At a minimum. And uh, with with say uh, with judge, let's hope it's nothing serious because uh, they're saying it's clean. And then they go and do the battery test, and then we find out, oh, he needs Tommy John surgery. Or he needs this surgery, and he's going to be out half the year. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. And getting to the Mets, and the Mets, you're right about Cano. He's blocking them because with the Yankees, 
They always figure out a way. They always said, they, uh, Hal and them are not like George, but George would have said, the heck with your salary, uh, uh, the luxury tax, we go over anyway. Right. Doesn't matter. He would have spent the money. But with Hal, he does it more diligently, and in some ways it's good, some ways it's bad. But um, I don't understand. With the Mets, they have to worry. They're worried about money. They, Steve Cohen, from what, from what I understand, is back in. That, from what I heard, uh, that the Mets are being put up for auction. Um, Steve Cohen, yes, no, no one really knows. But uh, well, uh, yeah, but you know, but the, the, he should never made that agreement with them about five years. I know. There's oh, I know. No way. There's no way in anybody's right mind that they're going to go in and, and put in two point six billion dollars and let the Wolpons run the show. When the Wolpons haven't done anything right since, oh, maybe Mike Piazza, and that was Steve Phillips. Yeah, uh, Stuart, um, and, here, and here's another name that, that is thrown into the mix here. Um, there's been rumors that James Dolan doesn't want to buy the Mets, but he wants SNY. That, that's every article that I've seen. Um, but apparently a sale of the Mets is imminent. And I'd be interested to see, you know, so was the, the Red Sox report. That was also imminent. So I'd be interested to see if, in fact, the Mets do get sold like this week, as people are predicting. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I'd like to see who who is the group or person that the Mets ended up getting sold to. Is it really going to be a, a clean uh, a ripoff of the Band-Aid with the, the Wilpons? Let's see. Joe in Queens, you're on the fan. Hi, Danielle. How are you? What's up, Joe? I'm kind of like a strict believer. I've been watching baseball all my life. I played it. You never know a player until you see him every day. So on the Stanton issue, I used to watch him when he played with the Mets, but on a limited basis. But watching him every day, I, I can't believe he was an MVP and had those statistics because he has so many holes in this one. He's Wait, so stiff to play. Time, time out for one second. You mean as a Mets fan watching him play on the Marlins, right? Yes. Well, I'm a oh, okay. Yankee fan. Okay. When, when, the, when the Mets are playing, I watch him because okay. I just love baseball. Okay. Just want to clear that up. Okay. Yes, he is very and, stiff, and it's very um, violent. His swing is just violent. Yes. I... I he has a lot of holes in his swing, and mm-hmm. from a from a scout's perspective, that's why I wouldn't have told Cashman to get him because he's just unproductive against certain pitches, and and you can see it on an everyday basis. How about the outer and, third of the plate? I'd love to see the splits on his batting average on that. The outer third. <clears throat> he's, he's so many holes, and and, and I never realized it because you don't. Hey, look at Lemayo. I didn't know how good a player he was because right. you really don't see him. Right. But the bottom the bottom line is you don't know anyone until you see him every day, and, and Stanton is very unimpressionable. And and herein lies the problem, Joe. Thanks for the call. As we talked about, um, I'm no mathematician, but since he became a Yankee, he's only played in 176 of 324 regular season games. I mean, yeah, until you see him every day. But like we. We haven't had a chance to see him every day, and nobody has. No one has had a chance to see Giancarlo Stanton every day. But when you do see him, he's striking out in the postseason. And did you guys know that his, his – I looked at his contract. He's got some bonuses in his contract. He's got a $50,000 bonus to be if he wins a gold glove, $50,000 if he's the silver slugger, $50,000 if he's the all-star, named as an all-star, $100,000 if he's named as an MVP, quarter of a million – if he's a championship series MVP, and $500,000, half a million dollars, if he's a World Series MVP. I mean, 
The problem with him and a problem with, with how he came in. See, I, I'm not blaming the Yankees training staff on this one because it's, it's only March 1st. The problem I have is how he came into camp. The guy looks like an NFL tight end. The guy looks like, I, I read a tweet before, I think it was. He, he looks like he belongs in the WrestleMania main event. I mean, he, you know, baseball is, is um, I don't know, it's, it's not that. You know, I know he's, he can't do anything about his height. I, I know he can't control any of that. But what I'm saying is he's too tight. The muscles are too tight. I'm not getting into anatomy and physiology because I don't know enough about it. But you can't be that tight to play the game of baseball. I mean, it was just, he, he injured it by his calf by, by changing direction, misdirection in the outfield. Well, that happens all the time. So that was only a matter of time, you know, when he got hurt. Whether it was going to be in practice or in a, like a game or, or right away it was going to happen because the way that he's built, he's not built to sustain a season of baseball, an entire season of baseball as of recently. And that's the problem. And until someone tells him that, this is just going to keep regurgitating itself. Never mind the fact that he can't hit the ball in the postseason. But that was none of the Yankees this postseason, including Edwin Encarnacion, who I think I could have hit better than him, Marufo. He hit, I think it was 0-93 or something like that. I think I could hit more hits in that postseason game. Yeah, he wasn't really hitting anything. <laughs> no. And that was part of the problem. All right, guys, I see you there. Um, we're going to hit the top of the hour. I see you there. Hang there. Um, and there's one line open if, if, if you're interested. 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Daniel McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. The And welcome back, everybody. Good morning if you're just waking up. Um, hello if you're driving somewhere right now. Um, I hope you have your seat heater on and your steering wheel heater on because it is a cold one out there tonight. I'm Daniel McCartan with you guys until 6 a.m. Bob Salter comes your way then. We are in our final hour. Well, less than an hour of the show tonight. Um, phone lines have been great. I see you guys all there. Um, hey, if you want to get aboard, 877-337-66 is the number, but you already knew that. I'm sure you did. Um, it's been a great show tonight. So it's been a lot of different things. It's been um, the Yankees. We've been talking about the Yankees and their injuries. We've been talking about the Mets and their, you know, formidable batting at, uh, batting lineup. Um, their weakness might be in their bullpen, as it was last year. But Mets fans are excited. Yankee fans are a little um, not as excited with the news that has come down this week. And if we could stick some Ranger stuff in there, too, that, that'd be great in this final hour. So, you know, last week I asked you, is it overreaction Sunday? And... At that point, for me, it wasn't. And then, of course, it, it, we find out that Luis Severino is set or has already had successful Tommy John surgery. Then, most recently, we get this this Aaron Judge injury news, which worries me because they don't know exactly what it was after one round of MRIs. That's worrisome to me. It seems to be a, a pain underneath his pectoral muscle, which. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that could be. I'm not even going to try and guess what that could be. So Boone says we're just kind of in a holding pattern. We're just trying to figure out exactly what's going on. And that, to me, is worrisome. Because he said the same thing about, or almost the same thing, about Severino. And then, of course, Giancarlo Stanton, Mr. Muscle Man, is, uh, has a strained calf. We don't know when he's going to be back either. Well, I shouldn't say we. I'm not part of the Yankees medical staff. But the Yankees medical staff doesn't know exactly when he'll be back. 
And uh, the song that I had for that at the beginning was Destiny's Child Survivor. Because the Yankees were survivors last year. Could they be survivors again this year? Again, we have two essential... This is like my classroom. We have two essential questions. One of which is, which player is going to see more game action this season? Giancarlo Stanton or Ioannis Cespedes? You guys have spoken already on Twitter. The poll has ended. That one has ended. And most of you say that Cespedes is going to be playing more games. And I couldn't agree more. The guy's in a contract here. Enough said. Now, the one that is still open, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, and you got people fighting with each other in the comment section. That's when you know you did, you did good. Giancarlo Stanton trade. Knowing what you know now, would you do it today? 90, I can round up now, 93% of you guys say no way you would not do it today. And there's still 7.3% of you guys that said yes, absolutely. You would still make that trade today. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear from you 7%. Hey, let's go to the phones. 877-337-6666. We will head up to Westchester, New York. And Marty, you're on the fan. Yes, good morning, Danielle. Great show as always. And thank you, Marty. Uh, yes, I'd like to weigh in on the Cespedes versus Stanton. You got it. Uh, situation, I don't think there's any question in my mind that Joanna Cespedes is going to play more games. It's his walk year, free agent year. He's highly, I think he'll be highly motivated to be healthy, put up big numbers. I think the Mets are in a much better uh, situation in the Yankees are as far as these two players are concerned. I think Stanton. Uh, to answer your other question, would you have made the? I, I uh, from the get go, I said no. I didn't like this uh, trade from the get go, yep. and I certainly don't like it today. I mean, given the fact that he's under contract till twenty twenty seven. I mean, this is this is a work. Well, is it twenty twenty nine? Well, he's got a oh. buyout, or there's an option in twenty twenty eight. Well, this is this is a lot worse situation than that. The uh, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury situation, no, no question. Yep. Uh, and you're spot on with the Confraser. I actually brought this up with another host on the station earlier today. I think this is a golden opportunity for Confraser to uh, to have a good spring training and show the Yankees what he could do. I think he, he doesn't have to be a great outfielder as long as he can be adequate. He can definitely hit. Yep. So this is his chance. And lucky and lucky for them, too. They also have the DH spot in the AL. Not in the NL. I don't know what they're waiting for. But they could also slot him in there as well if they can configure their lineup otherwise. Right, right. And they, and they, I like Mike Totman uh, also. I like uh, he has a good swing for Yankee Stadium, being a left-hand hitter, which they don't have a lot of left-hand hitters to begin with. Correct. So I think he'll get his opportunities, too. I think uh, Marty has a pretty good analysis there, Marty. Thanks for the call. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But so, what I always tell my players when I coach them, um, especially at softball, especially there's no X in that. I know, um, especially at softball, I, I always tell them make it so I can't take you out. And you know, it's up to you then to determine your playing time. And that's a perfect phrase to describe how Clint Frazier is going to go about the, his season this season. Make it so Aaron Boone can't take you out. That's it. And yes, his defense isn't the best. Yes, his offense is way ahead of his defense. But you know what? That's that's a trend among all young athletes. Their offense is always ahead of their defense. But the good thing is, offensive offenses, and in baseball anyway, is a little bit more instinctive. Defense you could teach. I mean, you could teach somebody how to, you know, get their glove to the ground and do a crow hop. I've, I've done it. You could teach that. But, but to fix a swing, it's a, it's a lot harder to do. Believe me, I've been there too. So 
the 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 motto for Clint Frazier moving forward is make it so Boone can't take me out. There it is. Let's go right here, Manhattan. Chris, you're on the fan. Hey, good job, Daniela. A couple things I want to touch base with you. The last one is going to be about Kenny Atkins, but first I want to say you're saying about Clint Frazier. When he played left field, he played a better left field than right field. He was a horror show, <laughs> and yeah. that you sh- everybody knows the ball comes off the bat differently playing left field and right field. Of so it's it two different positions. Right. But I really wanted to talk about Kenny Atkinson and the Yankees. The number two hitter for the Yankees, I think, should be DJ LeMayu. You can't have. I don't think you can have Aaron Judge striking out two hundred times in the number two slot. Okay, wait. Let me stop I don't right think there. That's... Who, who's? I, I I like it, but who would be your your leadoff then? What? The, the lead of that's the question. I know. I think you got to make your best contact hit up number two. You know, the yeah, guy that's going to put the. That's well, I know yeah, you don't know how you're going to put. You, I don't. I don't know. Does can you put Torres first? I don't know. You know. I don't know. I mean, you know that's a tough call, but I can't see Judge again in number two striking out two hundred times. I don't like it either. You know. Yep. Uh, you know, right? It just it just that doesn't make sense to me. And then you got Sanchez batting fourth bat striking out 200 times. Oh, yeah. You know? I can't Who watch that either. You I, know? Know. I know. I know. But another thing, Danny, Danielle, I want to ask you. Kenny Atkinson, I like him, but I, I've been hearing the updates all night. I'm at work. Uh-huh. You know, Kenny, you just, got, you just got smoked by Atlanta, 143 points, and stopped saying on every time after a game when your team's putting in a good effort. Mm. You just gave up 143 points this week to Atlanta Hawks. Well, You're not putting in a good effort. You know Stop, what? You know I just think Kenny Atkins is not getting enough heat, and I don't think he's doing that good of a job. I don't know. Yeah, you what know, do you think? What, what word bothers me when he says physical? You count how many times he uses the word physical oh, yeah. in his press conferences. Physical. I, I don't think yeah. physical is a word you can use to describe today's NBA. I'm sorry. Physical is not no, it. No, it's not. No, it's not Charles Barkley. No. <laughs> and, 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 no. And Chris, I'm going to make you laugh. Maybe I could retweet it if you haven't seen it yet. Have you seen the video of LeBron James? I think it was tonight where uh, the defender reached in and accidentally nicked his chin, and he literally fell backwards and got a foul called? Have you oh, seen that? Oh, come on. Stop. Well, I'm not okay, a LeBron I'll... James guy, so yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'll, you, I'll you, retweet you it. it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Kenny Atkinson, I just think, hey, well, we lost three in a row, but we lost seven in a row early in the year. Hey, Kenny, the point is, is you got to win. You got to win, Al. You know? Did, did you see tonight how it ended? Spencer Dinwiddie? Did you see what he did? Yeah! He threw yes, it into the stands. Yes. Spencer Dinwiddie threw the ball to the guy in row two to make the game-winning shot. And what is what is Kenny Atkins? Is eh, he he made a bad pass? Yeah, yeah Kenny, we know that he played we physical. That, yeah, they were physical tonight. Yeah. Well, Danny, quick, keep up the great work. <laughs> I listen to you every Saturday night. Work. You do a great job. Oh, Chris, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, hon. Bye. Bye. I mean, you're right. Kenny Atkinson is he's like, I, I, first of all, I know I can't hold this against anybody, but his voice. His voice sounds like there's gravel in it all the time, and when he uses the word physical. Well, we played physical tonight. No, there is no physical happening anywhere in the NBA. Let's just be honest there, everybody. And on the commercial, I was trying to find it as he was talking, but on the commercial, I will find LeBron James falling backwards after, like, somebody breathed on him tonight. I mean, come on, man. Come on. That's why you got to watch the WNBA, Fundamental Basketball. I'm telling you, turn it on this summer. I, I'm telling you. Lenny in Fort Lauderdale, you're on the fan. Danielle, my girl, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you and Marufalo, you got to give him a little more airtime. He's good, too. All right, I will. I got a good name for your show, the DM and the AM. I love it. Anyway, I want to talk a few things, Stanton, injuries, and, and radio. I mean, Romo. Yeah. Okay, I Ro- think Gina Ro- was right. T- Looks t- like he was t- right t- t- getting t- rid of him. Guy's always hurt, 
And he's a good player, but he's no star. And the Marlins fans wanted Stan, to kill Jeter. I think Stanton and Kyrie should be roommates. The way they're always getting hurt. So, so sickening. And uh, uh, Dan Levitard's father, Poppy, used to call him a whiffer down here. And that's what he is. He strikes out all the time. Mm-hmm. The best ability. One of my favorite lines is the best ability is availability. And these guys today, they don't play. My theory is they got to stop playing these guys by the game. You know? Yeah, oh, I, I I'm, be, I'm all for it. I mean, oh, it's got it's it. to happen. It's too much. It's, it's, it's annoying. It's too fault already. Lenny, the Players Association will never go for that. You know that. Something's got to give. I mean, I it, 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 just the load management, the the the, the uh, scratch on the, uh, the, the pectoral, I never heard of. Yeah. All the players, great players to me, play hurt. And that's that's that shows you know how much you love the game. It's a it's a lot to everything you know, and we're missing that today. And, and in regards to um, um, Romo signing for seventeen million dollars, yep. have you ever watched a game because of an announcer? I think it's going to backfire, and people are going to start to criticize this guy a little more often, and uh, his his uh, likability will go down a little bit. Yeah, Lenny. That's my theory on him. Yeah, thanks for the call, Lenny. See, I see. I love, and I I might be in the minority, but I love listening to a game with Tony Romo. I do. I love listening to Tony Romo uh, commentate a game. I feel like when I start the game and when I finish the game, I feel more intelligent about the game. That's when you know a good color commentator has done a good job, and that. Where he's making seventeen million dollars, let's call it a season, because it is. He's making seventeen million dollars a season as as a commentator. A lot of players have taken exception to that. Odell Beckham has has, has expressed his displeasure with that. I forget the other one. There were two, and they're pointing to that reason that Tony Romo in the booth is getting paid seventeen million dollars. And I think the stat that they use is, is like more than 90% of the NFL players per season. I don't know if that's true. I didn't fact check that, but that's what I read. Well, that's another reason why they are careening towards uh, a CBA issue. Do they have a point? Yeah, they do. They do have a point. But Tony Romo, I love watching him do games. And... Honestly, the question is, would you tune into a game because Tony Romo is doing it? I mean, if the Jets or the Giants are, aren't on at that time slot, yes, I'm tuning into Tony Romo's game. I am. I just, I love it. I think he's hilarious. He makes me laugh out loud. And I, I'll point to one thing. And I, I know I said it on the air, and I can't remember exactly how it went. But they were going off the air, and he said to Jim Nance, he said, Hey, Jim, it was a Jets win in like week, whatever, 12, whatever it was. He said, Hey, Jim, you know the Jets are in the playoff hunt? And, and Nance goes, They are? And he goes, no, I'm just kidding. I was in my kitchen. I, w- I laughed out loud. I mean, it's funny. He's funny, and he and he knows the game, of course. And, of course, one more point, NBA basketball today is not the Willis Reed days. Let's be honest. Okay, Marco's here for the update. This is going to be a quick turnaround. So 877-337-6666. There's one spot open. Your name on it. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Good morning again, everybody. I'm just reading through these comments here on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And let me tell you, the fights in the comments are still going on. Um, disagreeing with the fact that the Yankees want an all-star at every position. It's just not true. 
if you paid attention to baseball, you would know that that was only true when the boss was alive and running things. That says Larry underscore Renda. Oh, man, I didn't even get through all of them during Marco's update. I didn't even get through all of them. But I will. I promise. I respond to every single message, every single tweet, everything. So, um, And every single phone call. And we are, j- we are jam-packed. So I want to get right back to those phone calls. 877-337-6666. I want to make sure everybody gets, um, uh, what's it called, ample time to make their points tonight, of course. Let's go to Hasbrook Heights. John, you're on the fan. Coach D, how you doing? What's up, John? Great show, as always. Thanks. Hey. Uh, hey, uh, you know, you brought up Romo and uh, Tony Romo, and I agree with you. Um, he is uh, above and beyond pretty much other any other analyst I've heard. Yes. And, uh, exactly right. You feel more intelligent. Um, I listen to him and actually learn things during the game. So do I. And he has a great way of, of using the verbiage of the play and breaking it down, just like you're sitting next to him at a bar having a beer. He's not talking over your head. He really combines the whole thing just expertly. I I really enjoy him. Now, as far as his money, it is what it is, what the market bears in free enterprise, and the players may not like it, but that's what they chose to do to keep him. So it's it's hard for me to knock that, you know, because exactly. y- you get what you can, right? Right. Um, and they know it better anyway, than anybody, uh, right? Come on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Odell, really, I, if I'm Odell and I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I'd, I, I wish he'd be more concerned about catching more than three touchdowns than Tony Romo's salary. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, so uh, as far as the Yankees go, you know Stanton. Uh, I, I I think your pulse said ninety three percent or ninety four. Yeah. I don't know what it was at the time of the trade, but I'll bet you it was up in the seventies against the trade at the time, uh, because most of us did not like it. I think it was more about need than anything. They just didn't need that kind of player and that right. kind of bat at the time. Right. Cashman was lured in with a cheap price and uh, did the deal, and and I think you know Jeter just wanted the contract off the books because they were starting over and they weren't going to pay these salaries. And I think it was just too tempting for Cashman. But, you know, instead of him, uh, videos of bench-pressing supermodels, uh, you know, how about some yoga and ballet yeah, to get the right. flexibility? And I'm not kidding about that. No, I know. Um, you, you know, as you know, many athletes have done that, and yoga especially for flexibility, and th- it's a problem. Yep. But we're back to it again. Uh, you, you know, Judge, uh, I'm concerned about that because they can't figure it out with all the testing. And, you know, the, the pectoral, and I'm not going to pretend I know more than anybody else. I don't, but I've... You know, like you, I'm a coach, and I uh, have seen enough sports injuries at the college level where uh, when it's in there and you can't find it, that that could be bad. And I don't want to be negative, but... That's what concerns um, me, too, though. That's what concerns yeah. me. Yeah, so it's going to be back to the depth, and can these guys step up again? And, you know, it's hard to imagine that they could be as good as last year with everybody stepping up and just being great in, you know, as next man up. But it, it's going to have to happen. Um, it is going to have to happen to some degree already. And uh, both in the rotation and in the field now. we got a left field, right field, and, you know, Clint Frazier has his opportunity, and we all know he can hit. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, an earlier caller mentioned he's much better in left field than right, and I agree with that. That's what he's shown. So hopefully he can be adequate there and, and as you said, get better because defense, you know, in baseball can be can be developed, yep. no doubt about it. Um, so let's we have to see how it goes. But they are going to have a depth issue, and uh, – well, one thing with them, they'll make the good the trade they need if they have to later in the season. But uh, no, cake, we so we talked about this weeks ago about this being a cakewalk and the American League East is theirs. Not happening. They're going to have to earn it, and it's going to have to be uh, grinded out again, Danielle. Yeah, and and John, all truth there, all speaking the truth there, um, for sure. And and here's the other thing, the Yankees. I I, I can't find it right in front of me. The Yankees. I looked at their schedule. Um. 
Here it is. I wrote this down before. I looked at the Yankees' schedule in their upcoming games, right? So Domingo Herman will be back in June after serving that suspension for domestic violence, right? And then you got Scott Boris saying that we're very optimistic that James Paxton will be back in the first third of the season. So I looked at the Yankees' schedule. The Yankees will play only 12 games against 2019 playoff teams through the end of May. And if you want to look through the end of June, let's just say June. Okay, here we go. If you want to look through the month of June, the Yankees make that 19 games versus playoff teams, which is, uh, I didn't calculate the percentage, but it's it's either, it's half or I think it's less than half of the games are versus playoff teams. That's the Tampa Bay Rays, the cheating Houston Astros. So who's, you know, what are they going to be this year? We don't know. And the Minnesota Twins, who the Yankees swept 3-0 in, in the ALDS. So those are those 19 games versus those teams. If I'm a Yankee fan... It's just like I did, like I had Destiny's Child Survivor. You're in survival mode until you can get there. Until you can make it to those two guys are back in your pitching rotation. You got to just survive. So I don't know if I'm still worried about it just because of the strength of schedule. And and it's a Houston in Houston. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But just another, you know, layer to this I, I wanted to add there. And, and oh, speaking of, uh, of John's phone call, I, quick story. You know, I told you guys that I wanted to play football when I was little. I wanted to, to play football. I never was able to. Mom said, forget about it. They're too big for you. But um, grandma, my grandma told me, my mom's mom told me that, I never forget it. She said, did you know that football players do ballet? I didn't believe her. I thought it was a way to try and get me to do ballet because I wanted to do football. Um, she said, yeah, because, you know, when they catch the ball on the sidelines and they have to stay in, in the field, that's why they do ballet. And I said, really? Okay. But now thinking back, she might have been right. Eric and Ron Conkema, you're on the fan. Yeah, good morning, Daniel. A couple things real quick, if I may. Yeah. Uh, I, want, I want to touch on the, the injury thing with uh, Judge and Stanton. But uh, just real, real quick, I'm, I'm thrilled that the Islanders are playing everything at the Coliseum next year. Yes. It just kind of annoys me that uh, Cuomo had to get involved in that because, you know, it took a local politician to unfortunately get him away from the Coliseum. Right on there, so it's a shame he didn't get involved back then because, you know, Lord, uh, you know, Charles Wong was doing his best to try to do whatever he could to keep him there. Right. So it's, you know, know the the local the uh, local politics really messed that up on there. But you know, regardless, you know, I'm glad that they're playing everything at the Coliseum next they're year. They're back. Okay. I think that's been the reaction I've seen literally everywhere. I don't know if there's anybody that's upset that they're moving back there. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, I wish. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I wish. You know the the Belmont thing wasn't even part of the equation, but you know things are what they are. All right, look as far as the injuries, okay. You know, uh, and and this is speaking to someone who you know I just found out I re, you know retore my shoulder you know earlier in the week. I have had a couple of prior shoulder surgeries on it. You know I don't care what when anyone tells you when when someone has an injury that requires surgery. You know they they may say you're fully healed on there. You're never fully healed. I'm sorry. You know I mean I'm I'm. My line of work, I, I'm, I'm working literally every day of the week. You know, I get very little downtime. So when you guys you have guys like like these who are playing all the time, they're constantly working out, you're constantly using the muscles on there that even might have been repaired or whatever, mm -hmm. the, the, the possibility of re-injuring the same, you know, part of the body or something near it is much higher, okay? So, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are frustrated by it, and quite honestly, you know, I know I am just with my own body, Reacting the way it is, but I think that's the way it is in life. You know, unfortunately, it, uh, you know, the unless you have the downtime or or like what the prior caller said with the 
definitely yoga and ballet, I think, is so crucial on their stretching, things of that nature. On their, Until baseball or sports in general gets to that point where they, they muster up enough nerve to say, you know, the your training methods to the athlete, you know, is not working. We we have to go back to the way we think is right mm-hmm. on it. I think they're afraid to talk to tell the athlete to stop doing what they're doing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. And, and, right. and literally, what's what they're doing is not working. <laughs> like guys like Stan, right. it's mean, not working. Right. I mean, look. I mean, you know, it, it looks great. The, some of the, these guys are chiseled out of stone. Blah blah blah. I mean, it looks great. You know, but I mean, is it really accomplishing anything? Yeah, is I mean, it other than them it, posing no. for a magazine. Yeah, it's not functional. I mean, you know this. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, you mentioned that was it you? I think mentioned Ken Griffey earlier. Um, you know, the some some of these other guys on there were, you know, I mean, even Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza was a big guy, but he he wasn't chiseled out of stone. The guy was powerful. Right. You know, um, I mean, you know, look at Mark McGuire when he first came in. He was a skinny guy. I mean, he still. I mean, we all know where he ended up. And then he took some but, steroids. Uh, but yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But but some. You know, I, I think some of the. You know. Uh, you know, the, 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 way, the way it's going these days is just not working on it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. You have a great rest of the weekend, Danielle. Eric, I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, I think many, many of these guys should maybe, you know, take out their phones and dial uh, Tom Brady and say, Tom, could you help me out? Because Tom Brady is one of those guys that never seems to get injured, ever. And he's old. The TB12 method. Maybe they should pick up that book. Didn't he write a book? Maybe they should read that in their, in their time, the free time that they're going to have on their hands. Maybe that's a good reading. By the way, I'm still on the Tom Brady Las Vegas train, by the way, if you guys want to talk about that. I think he's going to the Raiders, but hey, what do I know? Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, you're on the fan. Okay, Coach. Um, As far as Judge goes, I am very concerned, but I am 100% in favor of signing him. Because let's face it, the guy is the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. He does everything right. I mean, he he plays catch with kids. Right. And when you go to the stadium and you go to, like, concession stands, they're like Aaron Judge museums almost. It's like <laughs> the, guy's a, the guy's a cash cow. Yeah, he is. The judge's chambers, although you, don't, you can't buy those seats, though. And also, now, I'm going to be on the other side with this one with Cespedes and Stanton. I think Stanton's going to play more games just because he has a DH to fall back on. Right. And that's that's the one argument that's the only way I could see that happening. And and back to um when you before you mentioned Clint Frazier, I hope they let this kid play if Judge happens to miss some time. And if they're not if going to just deal him. I mean, come on already with this. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, you either play him or you trade him. Because, I mean, you watch the guy play. All right, he's got some things he has to work on. But one thing he doesn't have to work on, he might have the quickest bat on that team with a fastball. Mm-hmm. And he could swipe uh, some bases, too, by the way. No, nah, you can't. Nah, I'm not far as things go. And today, though, Cole looked great. Oh, he looked like Garrett Cole, baby. Yeah, he did. I mean, that's thank God we signed him. Oh, my God. I mean, the guy... But I was saying last year, like in the World Series, we saw how different he was. Is when he had that one inning, he had first and third, no one out, and he's pitching to Zimmerman. And that guy, Zimmerman, is a really good hitter, and he was overmatched. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen in the Yankee uniform, right? 
And by the way, I didn't know you had such wheels, five four and a forty. Yeah, that was without stretching, and that was without. I mean, I wish I could do redo it, you know, having stretched out and warmed up properly. But five four and a forty, yeah. Yep. You know what, Daniel? I couldn't do five four and a forty if I'm in my car. <laughs> Hey, oh, so you funny. have a great day, my friend. Okay. Mark, you too. Thanks. Thanks for the laugh there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was, um, I could tell you, I, I, you guys know that I'm a teacher, and our project graduation last year was at MetLife Stadium, where the kids went to MetLife Stadium. I chaperoned it. I was head chaperone for many, many years. Um, and, and you know, as as chaperone, you could, you're supposed to, you know, participate in the things with the kids. So uh, the first phase of three was on the field at MetLife Stadium. They had a zip line. It's pretty cool. They had, um, you had a, you got to catch, um, I guess punted. They would be like a punted ball. I guess they're simulating punted balls out of a jugs machine. I was catching those. Those hurt, man. That hurts. That hurts. I caught a few. Not a lot of them though, because they just bounce off. I guess if you have pads on, you could just trap it against your chest. It doesn't hurt. But man, when that thing comes flying out of the sky, it's like ouch. But anyway, so uh, one of the things was a. a, a 40-yard dash, and I challenged one of the kids on the cross-country team. Uh, she's a distance runner, but um, we did we did have a race. And, you know, it always helps to have, like, the pace car with you, you know. She is a little quicker than me, just a little bit, not a lot of it. And, you know, she's, what, 18. She's a little quicker than me. Um, but she was running alongside me to my right, and I was focused on the end goal, and they had a guy with a stopwatch at the end. And I challenged her, and, you know, we didn't stretch her or anything. And, like I said, but I did run a 5-4 at MetLife Stadium, 40-yard dash. And that's the story behind that. Yeah. Yep. Imagine if I actually stretched and stuff and, like, trained for it. Oh, man. <laughs> sub-4. I'm telling you, sub-4. Marufo, don't laugh back there. <laughs> All right. Uh, more of your calls after the break, guys. 877-337-6666. Get in. And, and this might be might be your last chance to, to, to get on the air here at WFAN Radio in New York City. Three of you guys on hold. I see you there. I'll come back right after the break. I'm Daniel McCartan on the fan. Welcome back, everybody. 5.43 in the morning. McCartan after midnight. Wake it up. If you're sleeping, wake it up. If you're driving, drive safe. Maybe you're going on a trip. Maybe you're on your... I always think about this on my way home. Like, who's driving at this point? Probably if you're you're working, you're you know, driving for work. Okay, that's one thing. But maybe you're on your way to the airport. Maybe you're going to, like, a fun place. Maybe you're going to spring training. Got a lot of baseball talk tonight. We had a lot of baseball talk tonight. Um, the Stanton Cespedes thing. Um, you know, who would you rather? Or who, who's going to be playing more games this season, Stanton or Cespedes? My vote's for Cespedes because it's a, a uh, um, contract year for him. And then another question that is still live on my Twitter poll at uh, Coach M C C A R T A N. Just want to give you guys a quick update here. The essential question was. The John Carlos Stanton trade, knowing what you know now, would you do it today? Uh, quick update, 85% of you guys say, no way, you would not do it today. So, that leaves 14.7% of you guys say, you would do it today. And I also opened with Destiny's Child Survivor for the Yankees fans, but I also did I love this song because there's so many words. You need to calm down, Taylor Swift, and the part where she goes, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Well, yeah, that was for the Mets because Mets fans, you know that your bullpen is is where it's at. You know, you're gonna live and die by the bullpen. 
if you're a New York Mets fan this year. And Edwin Diaz is the main component to that, that you would think um, would need to get it done. And actually, he didn't in his first outing. And I know it's the first outing. Someone tried to explain to me before, you know it's only in one outing, right? Yeah, I do. But, you know, he said he's put in all this work and everything. And Okay, he's pitched in one inning, six batters. He's got an ERA of 18 already. So, you know, what have you changed? What have you changed? Because clearly, what you change is not producing a result. Okay? And and, and the the, uh, quality of hitters that he went against is a 7.8 baseball reference gave them, which is between a double A and a triple A ball. I mean, I look forward to his next action because, you know, you can't get any worse than that, or, or, or could you? I don't know. But everything else seems to be status quo hunky-dory for the Mets. Starting pitching, hitting, it's all coming together. Okay? This is your last chance to get aboard. 877-337-6666. Want to be part of the show? Here's your chance. was waiting for you. You got one empty slot with your name on it. Adam, and right here in Manhattan, you're on the fan. Thanks so much for taking the call. Uh, I'm a Mets fan, so I actually have no dog in this fight, but okay. I just have to get this on the record. The concept of that extended Frazier is a better player or better at anything than Sid Carlson. And just hear me out. I promise it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, I know how flawed a player Giancarlo is. I do. Uh, uh, holding the game, etc. Clint Frazier is three years older than the Ben Rosario. Clint Frazier is almost 26 years old. And has a 306 career on base percentage, which would be the worst thing ever for a corner outfielder in the American League. I keep hearing, we know he can hit. We know he can hit. And it's 500 major league player appearances at age 26. Adam, here's the thing. When you put... <laughs> even, no. with, even, even with his brain injuries, I guarantee you he would play more games this season than Giancarlo Stanton. Well, if there's more games, he plays more games. That's injury. That's injury. So when you play that's, more that's, games, that's, you put up more stats, right? Well, he, no, first of all, Giancarlo's going to play more games. I bet on that. Too. The Yankees don't like Clint Frazier. We know this because they keep bringing up other outfielders. Well, get it. And Yankees fans can't stand Giancarlo Stanton, so there you I go. I the fans, you know, fans are fans. Fans aren't rational. I'm not rational about the Mets. I, I think I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty down the middle in everything. And when I see that Giancarlo Stanton has left ten runners stranded in his postseason career, uh, or nine out of ten stranded, I mean that's a big deal for me. If I'm a Yankee fan, it's that's a, a big deal for me. A, I I I agree in the sense that. He didn't get the job done over 40 plate appearances. So what do you keep him around the roster for if he can't get it done in the postseason? Isn't that what this is all about? Just Barry, Barry Bonds can't get it done in the postseason until he can. Uh, How many World Series did Barry Bonds win? I forget. I think Barry Bonds, you uh, may call it Barry Bonds, I vote Ted Williams. Well, I mean, come on. Ted Williams was come on steroids. On. Is that is that the analogy you're trying to make? How many? No, no, no. Oh, oh. 40 plate oh. appearances. 40 plate appearances. Oh. You know that. Stop. Oh. Stop. Barry Bonds won how many World Series? Oh, wait, I'm just confused. They won World Series. I didn't hear your answer. You cut out. How many? Sorry, he won zero World Series. Oh, zero. That's right, zero. That's right, that's right, zero. And that's how many Giancarlo Stanton's going to win, too, if he can't get it done in, in, in the end there. Nine runners stranded in, in scoring position in the postseason play. Nine. That's not getting it done. That's not up to Yankee standards. Sorry to tell you that. Justin in Floor Park, you're on the fan. Hey, what's going on, Danielle? How what's are it? you? I'm good. How are you, Justin? Good. Um, yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent about Stanton. You know, granted, the Yankees gave up absolutely nothing for him. Yeah, but that's the thing. But, it's the money in the contract, though, that could be blocking other that. players. 
But do you think Brian Cashman knew that Christian Yelich was available? Maybe. <laughs> well, then, then Brian Cashman is not a great, as great as GM as we think he is. Yeah, because well. if you can't get Christian Yelich in Yankee Stadium with a left-handed bat, are you kidding me? But the thing is, they didn't need Giancarlo Stanton when they got him. They, there was no need for him. They already had a guy just like him in Aaron Judge. Yeah, Aaron Judge. I understand that. But Christian Yelich, you could need right now. Do you look at the Yankee outfield right now? It's Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier, and Mike Talkman. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the New York that, Yankees. That's what it is. You're this is right. The, this is not the Trenton Yankees. I'm right. sorry, I love Gardy, but Gardy is going to show his age this year. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, this is not getting it done. I mean, maybe Floriel gets called up. I love this kid they got, even younger than him. Uh, but, but, you know, he's not ready yet. He's like 18 years old. Uh, and they're also so, trying Duhar in the outfield. And as an infielder, I know that's, yeah, that's very gonna be different. A that's going to be a, that's be a failed experiment. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, honestly, they should have brought back uh, Cameron Maben. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And then uh, one one thing on Odell. You honestly think Odell Beckham, it, like Gase, is going to be able to control Odell Beckham? No, Boston I said that. No, no. Adam Guru can't control uh, <laughs> Adam anything. Adam Guru. I love it. Yeah, no, he can't control anything. That's why, that's why I'm Listen, saying it's, as, just, as, it's as not a, Buffalo, a reality. As a Buffalo Bills fan, I, I hope and pray the Jets get <laughs> Odell. I'm sure. Okay? And last thing, where is Brady going, Danielle? I, I got him going to the Chargers or the Titans. What do you got him? I got the the Vegas Raiders. That's what I think. Wow. All right. We'll yep, see. That's what I think. And how about my and how about my Rangers, Danielle? You, you know, I've, I've been waiting for someone to bring up the Rangers all night. Yeah, well, you know, you, you know, I had to, I had to take you to task last week. Yeah, I remember. Uh, Kreider's getting traded, which I told you they were not trading Kreider. No, I said I, that what could be an option. Uh, no, I'm happy that they kept him. Yeah, but you said they were going to do like what the Yankees do with Chapman, which I said that doesn't happen in hockey. Well, I said it was an option it that, it, that it could be done. I understand, but. Kreider, that, that, that's a big loss now with this fracture. I know. Well, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, this, this could, I mean, they're only two points out. And they have two games in hand on Columbus. I know. I so know. It was a big game this afternoon against the Flyers. I'm hoping and praying Lundquist is in that tonight. Yeah. And guess what I'm wearing tonight? A Henrik Lundquist t-shirt, by the way. That a girl. Rock it. <laughs> I'll be at the Garden. Oh, good. Blue shirts. Have fun. All right. Have a good week. All right. You too, Justin. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Yeah, and, and after that that real big goose egg that they, well, not a goose egg, you know what I mean, but they didn't put up a good fight against the Flyers the first time around, so hopefully they can rebound and, you know, take it to them this, this later today. I was going to say this week, but I mean later today. And Kreider, I mean, he just signed a seven-year extension. I mean, they, they, they drafted him as an 18-year-old in 2009, 19th overall, okay? So the Rangers, I think, were winners at the deadline because – not only did they lock up, and this is the right, they did the right thing. The Rangers did the right thing. They they won. They won the trade deadline. They locked up Kreider, then he gets hurt. They can't do anything about that. And they also traded Brady Shea to Carolina, who were desperate. And they got a 2020 draft pick out of it. First round, I believe. So, cool. And the Rangers at the deadline made this statement. We're all in for making a run right now. And we're setting ourselves up for the future. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to if you're, if you're a Rangers fan. Larry in Bayport, you're on the fan. Danielle, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. All right. Um, I like to bring up the Rangers. Yeah. Because if I don't know if um, you know that the reason they, I know um, they lost against Philly, I know there's no... You shouldn't be any excuses, but um, 
They came in three o'clock in the morning. I know, I I know. Through Montreal customs and everything. They landed I think they got to the hotel at like two thirty, they said. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. And then it was just a freaky play. Yeah, I know. And, he just got in the way. His foot got in the way and that was it. And this only happens to the Rangers. <laughs> it could only happen to the Rangers. I know. Uh lost the goalie. Yep. We lose, and now we lose Kreider. And the goalie was in a car accident. I mean, what? It wasn't even what, hockey what related. I have. I don't even want to go there. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You know, there's nothing you could do about it. Um, you know what I did here? You brought up tonight with the Rosario thing. Mm-hmm. All right. I love Keith Hernandez. I think he's great. Um, he said that it was Cano that changed him. That's not the article I read, but I can, if I ever get to a Mets game, I will ask Ahmed Rosario. I will ask him. Oh, oh, you know him. Okay. That's great. Well, I don't, I mean, I, sometimes I get uh, uh, credentials for it. So the next time I get a credential for a Mets game, Larry, you have my word. I will ask him for sure. You got to let me know on that. I will. Yeah, (laughs) I will. Um, Cespedes is going to get more playing time. Definitely. Yes, I agree. Because of the contract. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, I know you're very busy. Uh, you're good. We're good. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I think, personally, the problem is the bullpen, obviously. For the Mets, yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. He has looked hard. So far, he looks horrible in, yep. in spring training. Mm-hmm. Okay? And familiar... I don't care if he loses to 30 pounds. Pitch yeah. the ball. I know. I know. It has nothing to lose in weight. It has nothing to do with it. SCC but, Sabathia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is, but um, we're just going to have to see what happens with that. Uh, did you Now, I, I, you brought up the thing with Dolan. Dolan, yeah. I, I read that he wants to buy the network SNY, not the team of the Mets. Oh, I thought it was the team and um, SNY. I don't know. Every article I've said has been just the network. I, you know, I'd I rather know. have A-Rod in J-Well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, me too. I'm a Knicks fan, and I can't even watch a full Knicks game. Yeah, it's bad. I, I don't even tune them on anymore. I just, whatever. I don't even watch them anymore. I had a friend that went to go see him. She says, it's embarrassing. My daughter's Keaton, which is in high school, plays better than them, she said. <laughs> yep, that's, <laughs> that's why the WNBA, bad. you guys got to watch the WNBA. I'm telling you, fundamental basketball. You, talking about the WNBA, uh, that is a, uh, you see that girl from. Um, Oregon? Oh my, Was it uh, Oregon? Oregon. Yep. Sabrina, oh. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah, Dragon Ash or something. That's like saying the Rangers goalies last <laughs> No, I got that. It's just Sturkin. I got that. This oh, one is okay. Sh- you better than me. I just don't even say it. <laughs> I just say Igor. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, she, she's going to be a player, huh? At the WNBA level. Oh, my level. God. She's, a, she's an animal. She's a beast. Yeah. Did you see the uh, last thing? The tribute to Kobe? Yes. Parts of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. How Vanessa stood up there, I have no idea. I know. But what I did love was Gino. Yeah, Gino, yep. Ariema. Yep. He he was great. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So, 
I'm going to let you go. Yeah, Larry, thanks for the call. As always, I, I appreciate it. And I will, I promise you, get that answer for you the next time I'm at City Field. So. Okay, that'd be great. Thanks a lot. Anytime, Larry. And Henrik Lundqvist, one last thing before we close here. By now, you've heard that Butchnevich and Shesterkin were involved in a car accident in Brooklyn. You know that. They were not at fault, by the way. Butchnevich is back. Shesterkin is not. He's out with a fractured rib. A couple weeks, you have to think, right? So now King Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist, is a backup role to Gorg- uh, Georgiev. By the way, Lundqvist turns 38 tomorrow, Monday. He said, I've been very open with management over the two years. I've been to this process. If there comes a day where they feel like I'm not a good solution, let's talk about it. Let's be open about it. I know we're going to sit down after the season, but right now and over the last few weeks, my focus has been to work hard and be ready. So what can they do with him? He's got one year left on his contract with an $8.5 million salary cap hit. He has a full no-move clause, and he has final final say on any decision. What I think they're going to do is this. I think the Rangers might just buy out the final year of his contract. And then, you know, kind of just, you know, let him go to, will another team take a chance on him? Will this be the end? And if it is the end, Lundqvist and the Rangers fans deserve that retirement game. I mean, he took over as a rookie starter in 2005 and six. I was a senior in high school. He's got franchise records and everything. Give him his time. Thanks to every one of you callers. Could not have done it without you. I love coming here talking with you all. Great job to Maruful behind the glass all night, taking your calls, and to Marco on the updates. Bob Salter's up next. Want to listen to any portion of the show from tonight? Get the Radio.com Rewind feature. Also check out the WFAN website and listen to my brand new Power Players podcast. We got Susan Waldman and Maya. I got two episodes up. See you guys in my normal time slot, 2 to 6 a.m. next Saturday into Sunday. Don't mess it up. It's Daylight Savings Time next week, by the way. Mets Cardinals at 105. Yankees Tigers also at 105. Take your pick or, like me, flip between the both of them. In the meantime, hit my socials at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Let's keep that conversation going. I'll see you guys this time next week. Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Sports Radio 66.